Stephen Strange. The Illuminati will see you now. We will see what kind of Doctor Strange you are. What we say you cannot control everything strange. We can prepare you. Open the doorway between universes. With a mind bending, we don't know who or what will work for it. You're set into madness. This is the only way. I'm ready. This path exacts a heavy toll. Okay. Wait! Episode 
This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been warned. Spoiler pussies. Speaking of spoilers, uh, I would actually, if you haven't listened to it, um, you know, now that you've seen the movie, everybody hopefully listening to this podcast has seen it, go back and listen to our Doctor Strange spoiled episode that we recorded on February 20th. Jake, I was really surprised at how accurate a lot of that stuff really was that came out. Yeah, it's fucking wild. I was listening to that shit and I, I couldn't believe it. Even like just little, little tiny minor details. Yeah that we talk about not even the big like the big plot beats for sure but like you know talking about like 616 and just little Mm. little tiny details even i I I was shocked yeah it was wild man uh synopsis for dr strange the multiverse of madness to restore a world where everything is changing strange seeks help from his ally wong the source of supreme and the avengers most powerful scarlet witch wanda but a terrible threat looms over humanity and the entire universe is that no longer can be done by their power alone, even more surprising, the greatest threat in the universe looks exactly like Doctor Strange. So, yeah, uh, uh, it's the sequel to Doctor Strange from 2016, and it is the 28th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is crazy. We're on movie 28. The film is directed by Sam Raimi, written by Michael Waldron, stars Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange alongside Elizabeth Olsen, Chwetil Ejiofor, Benedict Wong, uh, Sochi Gomez, Michael Stuhlbarg, and Rachel McAdams. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has a running time of 126 minutes and an estimated budget of $200 million. And right now, we are going to personally rate this movie now if this is your first time listening we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system the rating system is simple if the leftovers don't like something they toss it if they do like something they suggest you taste it and if it's brilliant it gets a tupperware rating if all the leftovers love it then it gets the pinnacle of success a tupperware party all right here we go uh jake i'm gonna ask you you're the biggest sam raimi fan here uh, and, uh, did you want to rate this one first or did you want to rate it last? Um, I, I don't, I don't want to go first. So if those are my two options, I will, I will gladly go last. <laughs> Would you like to go second, third, fourth? I don't know. It's up to you. You want to go last? Last is fine by me. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, let's see here. I am going to be asking, well, let's just go with Joe. Joe, what are you going to be rating Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, I mean, you can unpack it a little bit, but just you know, get into your thoughts, what you liked, what you didn't like, and and give it a rating. Yeah, uh, I had a really good time with this movie. I'd been really looking forward to. Lost you, Joe. Yeah, I had a really good time with this movie. This is a Tupperware for me. I've really been looking forward to this one. Uh, I was a big fan of uh, the first Doctor Strange movie. And, that you know, this is obviously a sequel to, but it also feels like a, a sequel to WandaVision. And I was a huge fan of that Disney Plus series, so I was really looking forward to this one. Um, not to mention uh, Sam Raimi-directed superhero movie. Um, yeah, this is a Tupperware for me. All right, Tupperware from Joe. Uh, we'll go with uh, Quentin. What did you think about this movie? 
Yeah, I'm going to echo mostly of what Joe was saying. I mean, I was a huge WandaVision fan. So seeing this, I was really excited to kind of see more of what we we're going to get with Wanda Maximoff and especially with her being the Scarlet Witch. Um, I had a lot, a lot of fun with this. And I'm not saying I'm a huge Sam Raimi like fan because like I there's been a lot of movies I haven't seen. I've seen his Evil Dead ones and obviously the, the, the uh, Spider-Man trilogy. Um, but that's mostly it. But I really love his style of filmmaking. Um, I just have like tiny, tiny things that we'll go over, uh, obviously, eventually in this show. So um, I won't say too much of that. But I am giving this the highest, highest of taste it's that I could possibly give it. High taste it for Quentin. All right, uh, Greg. So I'm not as big a fan of Sam Raimi as Jake, but I'm a pretty big fan. Um, I saw Evil Dead in a, at a pretty inappropriate age to have seen it in the 1980s, grew up following his work. Um, you know, in the first half of this movie, I actually felt like I wanted a little more Sam Raimi. And then I got a music battle, which is probably one of my favorite fight scenes in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I also got... The Souls of the Damned that looked like just this magical blend mm-hmm. of CGI and like fake stop motion. This was exactly what I wanted it to be. It's a huge, glaring Tupperware for me, and I, I probably easily in the top five or six MCU films for me. Okay, Tupperware from Greg. So, and I do have nitpicks, but loved it. Yeah, what are we at? Uh, two Tupperwares and a high taste. It, uh, Dan Ramirez, sir. I absolutely love this movie, man. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Um, I have a lot to talk about with it, so I, I am going to echo some of the things that were already said. Or I, I should say that I won't echo them. But um, I just love the darker tone that this movie takes. It takes it into a different direction than I've seen in the MCU, and I think probably most people have seen in the MCU. I'm not saying that I want to stay there, but it's nice to go and visit something like that. You know, everything's kind of lighthearted and like, a, you know, beat em up kind of stuff. But this came with some horror. And, uh, you know, obviously because of Sam Raimi. And I just loved all of that. So... Um, much more to talk about about that. I, I'm really excited to be here because I'm, you know, I'm thank you for asking me to come on, man. Because I didn't realize the movie that I was going to see was going to be as good as I, it was. So um, that's where I'm at, Tupperware. Yeah, this is a big one to talk about, guys. We've been waiting for this one for quite a while. Uh, Philip, uh, I, I Tupperware this too. Um, I've been looking forward to this for a few years. Um, I loved how it continued the Doctor Strange storyline while also acting as a like quasi-sequel to WandaVision. Um, I did have some issue in the like the mid-part, not the post-credit scenes, but uh, specifically with um, the Illuminati and how they were treated. Um, but that didn't take away from my enjoyment. Um, when I heard Sam Raimi was directing this, I knew that it would be like a fun horror, like a fun horror movie element um, uh, twist to the MCU. And I, that certainly did not disappoint. Um, I think that even if I didn't know Sam Raimi was directing it, I think I would have figured it out, especially around the um, the skeletons, uh, the, the damned part at the end. Um, that was so like Raimi in its style um it might my rating might change over time um I only saw it last night and I've only seen it once so far but at this point I mean no matter what it's up there and I absolutely love Marvel no matter what it's like a home to me so this is uh yeah top of work for me 
Yeah, I'm curious how many times everybody saw it. Uh, Philip saw it once. I've seen it three times. The last time I watched it, I watched it in 3D. Um, Jake, how many times? I've seen it twice now. Twice, okay. Um, Dan, how many times have you seen it? I was shooting for three. I didn't. I wasn't able to catch it today, so I've seen it twice. Greg, I saw it once in 3D, and I'm glad I did. Joe, yeah, I saw it uh, for the first time uh, earlier today, so I've only seen it once. Quentin, yeah, I've seen it twice. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, uh, I'll get into my rating now. Uh, I do want to point out, like. I mean, there's been a lot of people as far as like their enjoyment level of this movie. It, it, it's, it's kind of divisive. I think more people are enjoying it than not enjoying it. But I think that there are a certain group of people that are like, this totally negates the events of WandaVision and retcons everything that Wanda went through while she was going through all the stages of grief and WandaVision and and... I I do not agree with that. I even feel like at the end of WandaVision, there was the effects of the Darkhold taking over where she's hearing voices of her kids in a in the multiverse. And so I feel like, yes, the character of Wanda went through all the different stages. She felt grief. She felt remorse. But even after the fact, the Darkhold unbeknownst to her, started to take over. And so I don't agree with that at all. And I feel like it was kind of, um, it blended into this movie uh, perfectly. Uh, It was just an extension of that WandaVision story. And so um, all that being said, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought the directing was fantastic. I loved the darker tone. I loved the horror element brought in here. It was one of the Less jokey Marvel movies, but when the jokes hit, they hit. They landed pretty good. Um, Wong is fantastic. I fucking I I actually look forward to like every time Wong is on the screen because he's always saying something interesting or funny, and I absolutely love Wong. I thought Elizabeth Olsen was amazing in this movie, um, just stellar acting, and uh, I loved that. I think my biggest problem with the movie is kind of the the writing and the rules of what we're having to kind of unpack here today is just I think that they didn't do a great job of explaining the multiverse, explaining um, – we're going to talk about incursions later, but I don't think that they did a good job at, at explaining what really an incursion kind of is and like what – and how incursions, how they start. I think that they were really kind of all over the place in explaining kind of the rules here. Um, I loved the movie. I tempered my expectations, I think, going in because I think that, you know, with all the rumors that were out there and with the title itself, Multiverse of Madness, I think a lot of us, I think people that didn't like this movie maybe think that they wrote a better version of it in their head and they didn't get everything that they wanted out of it. I got a lot of what I wanted out of it. I wanted to see Sam Raimi direct a Marvel movie and not sacrifice his style. And I got that. My biggest problem is with some of the 
some of the story and some of the rules. Not the story with Wanda, not the story with Strange. I think that those played out great, but I think it's some of the rules of the multiverse and how that they were presented here is kind of like my biggest problem um, going forward. Uh, so this is going to get, for me, it's going to get the highest of taste-its. So I'm at a high taste-it uh, for... Oh, uh, thank God. I'm so sorry. I was freaking out this whole time that we were about to have a Tupperware party. Uh, <laughs> oh, t- no. no. <laughs> don't worry about it. Like, wow. Don't, I mean, it's fine, Quentin. I mean, it's it's... You gave your honest rating. I'm giving my honest rating. I, I right. loved, I really enjoyed the movie, but I do feel like it does have some some problems as far as like some of the bigger elements going forward in the MCU kind of being explained here. And maybe they'll explain them in the future. But I think like these things do deserve explanation because it was some of it was a little muddy. And I'm going to talk about that later because I don't know if we have concrete answers on how this works, because we do have certain characters kind of contradicting what causes an an incursion and some other things in this movie that that uh, don't quite add up. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I, I absolutely adored this movie. It's the highest of Tupperwares for me. I, yeah, No matter how many people told me that it was so Sam Raimi influenced that he got to do his thing, I, I still don't think I was prepared for how much like Raimi and Evil Dead love was shoved into this movie. I, I, mm-hmm. I was just shocked at how over the top he was able to go with it i mean this movie was almost it definitely was more evil dead influenced than any of the spider-man movies like it really felt like the most throwback sam raimi movie since the classic evil dead army of darkness stuff and i was just kind of gobsmacked by all that uh yeah i mean i just love the way raimi does stuff like a lot of times it seems very campy and cheesy but at the same time he's able to make it like completely thrilling, completely full of suspense, full of suspense, horrific at times, just like some of the shots. Like there's one shot where Wanda's walking in while Chavez is still in the cage. And I, I out loud was like, oh, my God, because <laughs> like she's just out of focus and everyone's so scared that she's showing up and the, the build up is so strong with the music. But, yeah, I just I loved all the Evil Dead throwbacks, the corny montages, the fucking guitar riffs when things are happening. Uh, I was thinking about what Philip said about, like, if I didn't know this was a Sam Raimi movie, at one point would I deduce that this was 100% a Sam Raimi movie? And I think for me, it would be the reflection scene when they're covering all the reflections and doors are closing and we're zooming in on doors and and all that stuff. Like, between that and lights rocking back and forth, like, I would have been like, okay, this is either a Sam Raimi movie or someone is, like, really giving him an homage here. But, yeah, I thought... I thought Lizzie was fucking great as Scarlet Witch. I, I loved Wong as well. Anytime he was on screen. And I mean, I'm sure, Brian, you feel the same way. I, I can't wait to see more Wong. Like wherever he's going to appear next, I, I'm excited to see that. Um, the score was just out of this world. I, I think Danny Elfman can phone it in a lot of times, but that's definitely not what happened here. Like it, it just felt like completely in sync with everything that was happening on screen. Um, I, I thought America Chavez was fun enough. Uh, she wasn't the best part of the movie, but at the end of it, I still want to see more with her character. I thought the the plot threads left with her were exciting enough, and I, I can't wait to see how that turns out. I was surprised at how much screen time Rachel McAdams got. Like, just you, I kind of thought she would just be written off in the first 20 minutes of the movie, but they find lots of fun stuff to do with her. Um, yeah, and I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was, was just fantastic. I loved all the different Doctor Stranges. I loved that 
they're all basically shitheads except his, the 616 one. I thought that was a great touch. And, uh, yeah, you can't have a Sam Raimi movie without a fucking great Bruce Campbell cameo. And, man, this might be one of the best of all time. Yeah, I, I want to be like that guy that got in the Guinness Book of World Records for No Way Home with this movie. Honestly, I, I bought tickets for the 11 o'clock showing tonight if I have time to get to it. I This is a movie that I'll probably see 12-plus times in the theater before it's gone, and 8 to 10 of those in the next week. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about this. This was my most anticipated movie of the year. And it exceeded all those expectations. I didn't even think it was possible. So, um, yeah, I, I hope Raimi is happy with the results. I, I know it's been pretty polarizing. It, I think more people are leaning towards liking it. But I've seen a very loud group of people that heavily dislike this movie. So it's definitely a little bit polarizing. I, I hope Sam's OK. I hope he takes the critical response OK, is OK, and that we see something from him sooner than 12 years. Uh, what are we sitting at for Rotten Tomatoes right now? Um, is it 76% still? I haven't even looked for this one. It was um, 76% last time I checked. And I don't know what the cinema score is yet either. And I think cinema score is going to be a great way to kind of gauge what audiences are thinking about this movie. It'll be interesting to see what the cinema score is as well. 75 right now with an 88 audience. 88. Yeah, I was going to say it was like 89 last time I checked. Have they released the cinema score? I probably should have looked this up, guys. I believe but... it's a B plus, but uh, you might want to check me on that. B plus isn't great, but it's not. No, you need you want an A, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder how much not seeing WandaVision affects someone's viewing of this movie. Yeah, I was thinking it was probably the cameo haters, too. I, I bet a lot of people wanted just 800 cameos, and when they didn't get that, they, they did not hit A. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that might have so been it as well. It's funny you mentioned that, Brian. So my wife thought the movie was fine. She did not see WandaVision, and she basically was like, where the holy fuck did that come from with Wanda? Like, wh- yeah. what? Kids? Wait, wait, I had to watch a streaming service for that? Like that, that definitely feels like an issue. The other thing that I thought was really funny, I'm walking out of the theater and I see a kid visibly disappointed. And by kid, you know, probably in his early 20s, visibly disappointed. And he's like, where the fuck was Deadpool? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I go, you got got fucking Charles Xavier. You got Mr. Fantastic. You got Captain Carter. Seriously? Like, really? You like that wasn't enough for you? And. But for the record, I was spoiled on 100% of those cameos, but I thought they gave us plenty. But yeah, definitely we had some headcanon issues going on and some kind of like self-rating and fan servicey, like sort of uh, cameo guessing that might have been unrealistic. I think that might have caused some issues. That might have been it. I'm actually so- yeah, go ahead. Jake. I'm actually surprised at how much I'm hearing that people felt like they needed to watch WandaVision. I, I honestly thought that everything was pretty self-explanatory pretty immediately without – very much exposition at all like you get oh, that yeah. one wanda scene where she's dreaming and then what else do you need to know like i don't understand what you needed to find out in wandavision well yeah he, like, i, I think it's just kind of right? i think it's kind of jarring like where are these you know like even seeing that vision and stuff like that it's probably jarring they like because you know the last time people saw wanda was an end game and with everything with vision and like She's she only mentions vision the one time in this movie. And so to go from like vision into these kids, you know, the death of vision into these kids and like there's no mention of white vision or anything like that from WandaVision. So 
um, I think it's just jarring for people to just totally. to see this jump, I, Jake. I heard that a lot okay. in the theater, actually. There, my theater is pretty crowded. And it, there was a lot of like, what's going on? You know, because people oh, just yeah. don't watch the Disney service, I guess. But it's a pretty significant gap when you think about it. And I think jarring is the perfect word for it. You just all of a sudden she's got kids like whose kids are these? Like you said, exactly. they don't really mention Vision very much. You know what I mean? They don't look anything like Vision, obviously. So I can see it being, you know, confusing for sure. Mm-hmm. Dan, my wife goes to me. She's like, wait a minute. Who's the dad? And I go, well, it's kind of like Vision, but not Vision. It's this Vision that she made up using her magic that then merged into the dead robot body of Vision. Anyway, you had to watch the streaming show to get it. And it just, you know, again, that's like, that's a lot for audiences. You know, when Marvel making the kind of money they make, you're going to have a fan base that sees every movie, but they might not invest in the streaming service. So I definitely think it was an issue. Look, it, it worked totally for me, but for your kind of like, yeah, I'll go see the Marvel movies, but I'm not going to kind of invest in watching it weekly. It's it's jarring because yeah. last they saw a stone was being popped out of Vision's head. He's dead and she's mourning him. Now she's got kids and they don't really it, it, it there was a bridge to cross there for sure. Why is it she doesn't not really take away from the story too much? But, it, you know, that's the thing about Marvel is they do reward you if you put the work in. Absolutely. So that's what we get to enjoy all these things that other people just didn't. You know, I'm still yeah. surprised that people get up after the uh, when the credits start. Yeah, I just don't right. get it. And I'll let I'll let my wife know it's her fault. Just I'll say Dan says, "Fucking put the time in or shut the fuck up." You know, always I say mean, you know, not fault. in so many words, Greg. But no, I'm just kidding. Well, maybe this will have one of those I, positive I effects Dan. where you know people didn't see the Disney Plus show, and then they're going to go back and say, "Well, maybe these are worth checking out." You know, so That's maybe exactly it'll have a positive effect think. because, in my opinion. If MCU fans missed out on WandaVision, they missed out on something really great. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Definitely, like, definitely what you were saying, Dan, they definitely reward you if you did watch it. I mean, down to the even the score of having Wanda with her kids, you know, they they have that in there. And especially later on when we see Xavier uh, in that, like, dream state where on the TV there's WandaVision. Yeah, just little things that we go, thanks a lot, Marvel, and other people exactly. just don't get it. But well, I think that it's also going to do a thing where it's like, okay, wait, what? Okay, now I'm going to go get Disney Plus and check this out. Uh, or it's a thing of like, oh, my God, uh, it's affecting how I'm watching these movies now. So Right. It, That's I, another thing. It's just – it's one of those things where it – you know, your initial you just want to go in and if you're just a casual fan that's been going to these movies and you see this one and you didn't watch WandaVision, you didn't know it was going to be connected, just like maybe fans of, I guess, uh, spoilers here for Book of Boba Fett. If you weren't watching that and then all of a sudden you start Mandalorian season three and find out that there were major threads of the Mandalorian season three that were brought upon in the first season of the book of Boba Fett. I mean, you're going to be like, what the hell is going on in the Mandalorian right now? That'll be jarring for you seeing that, you know, uh, spoilers again for the Mandalorian that the child is back with Mando. It's the same kind of thing that I feel like these for as much as I've enjoyed, you know, a lot of the Disney plus Marvel shows. If I think it is, I think we are seeing it now affecting uh, the movie-going audience. And I don't know if that's a good thing. It's tough. I mean, we want those shows to count, right? We do. I mean, I do. I, I want those shows to count. and But when they do, for the people that aren't watching it, it is a little weird. I mean, this is just sort of new territory. I mean, can you imagine a blockbuster movie that sort of a show on a streaming service is quasi-required viewing before this one? 
It's crazy when you think about it. This reminds me of like, you know, a comic book main event. And then all of a sudden, when you're reading that comic book, there's an asterisk on a certain panel that tells you to go back and read a tie-in issue of whatever. And so the tie-in issue for this would be WandaVision. And of course, they give us a little flashback here with, you know, Wanda having the dream of her kids and things like that. And and um, it just feels like WandaVision was the tie-in issue to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, can you still read the main comic book event? Yes. But maybe you'd like it a little bit more if you had read the tie-in issues. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. I, I I'm kind of playing devil's advocate because I do enjoy the shows and I don't want them to stop what they're doing here. But I'm not just going to say it's not going to affect the audience because it clearly is. I mean, we're seeing that. I mean, you guys have even told me stories on this podcast that people are a little bit confused about the kids. And Greg, you're telling me your wife is confused. And it makes sense. I mean, she's not talking about her grief over Vision dying. It's these kids. And if your wife didn't watch WandaVision, these kids are a new concept. My wife literally was trying to figure out how she had human babies with a fucking robot or if there was some other dude in the picture. And I had to explain to her. And again, we all know, were. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, and, and for somebody, it, I thought the plot moved pretty quick and it was just a little distracting for her. She still really liked it, though. It just was um, it was a little more challenging, I think, for your casual fan. And when these movies are making one to two billion dollars, the casual fans dollar matters. Yeah. It really does. I think it's going to have a huge first week, but I mean, and it'll still make a lot of money and it'll probably hit a billion. But um, it makes you wonder how much word of mouth might affect this movie with people that didn't wa- wa- watch WandaVision telling other people that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's these kids. I didn't understand what was going on some of the time, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, it is it is something to consider when you're when you're making movies here. And now you've got these shows that actually tie in that have key plot points built into them. It I mean, yes, it was great for us, but I can see why people would be a little bit confused. I want to go back to something that Jake talked about, um, about all the other Doctor Stranges that we are introduced into this one. I mean, the first one I want to talk about, of course, is uh, the Defender Strange. And then, of course, we meet Sinister Strange later. And then we have our Doctor Strange. Jake said something about, like, all the other Stranges being kind of like, you know, dickheads and assholes and just, e- out, you know, evil. And, um, you know, you know, we're introduced to... This Defender Strange at the beginning where America Chavez is traveling with him. They're at the uh, a place called the Gap Junction, which is the space in between universes. And they're hunting down the Book of Ashanti, which is a which in the comics, it was actually created by Agamotto, uh, who created the Eye of Agamotto, which Doctor Strange has around his neck, which originally housed the Time Stone. But um, he wrote this book. It's it's basically white magic that can defeat the Darkhold. And so Chavez and Doctor Strange are chasing down this book. They found it. And there's a point where this monster is going to is attacking Strange is going to kill Strange. And in order to protect um to protect the universe, Doctor Strange is going to sacrifice America Chavez, and he's willing to take her power and, in order for the demon not to take it. He actually says 
in the grand calculus of the multiverse, your sacrifice is worth more than your life. Now, why is our Doctor Strange different? And this is where I think it's pretty brilliant and why watching No Way Home is so important to understanding why our Doctor Strange didn't do this later on in the movie to America Chavez. In No Way Home, when Doctor Strange is talking to Peter about sending the villains back to their respective universes to die, he said, in the grand calculus of the multiverse, their sacrifice means infinitely more than their lives. So even that Strange was ready to sacrifice those villains in order to save more people. This Strange is going to sacrifice Chavez because her death is worth more than uh, in the grand calculus of the multiverse than her surviving. So it makes you wonder that if our strange was faced with the same situation, would he take her powers? But what I loved about no way home is that Peter showed him that there are other ways to handle things. So the real hero of even this movie, in my opinion, some one of the real heroes of this movie in some ways is Peter Parker, who changed Doctor Strange, our Doctor Strange, for the better. Strange in No Way Home learned from Peter to let others help or take control, that he's not always right, that there are other ways to do things. And it which is why he let America Chavez fight Wanda at the end and not take her power. And I just thought that that was an amazing thread to kind of carry over from No Way Home when I looked at it from that way. Like, why did our Doctor Strange not take her power? And I think it is because of what Peter taught him in No Way Home. Did you guys, is that, does that make sense? Yeah, that, does that's, that's absolutely brilliant. I, I love that. And you can kind of see that in the relationship that he forms with, with Chavez, too. It's very similar to the relationship he uh, he forms with Peter. So, yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. I love it. Yeah. I loved how this movie fleshed out Strange as a character. I mean, at his core, this is someone who's a surgeon. I mean, he's used to making really tough decisions really, really quickly. And that's just a thread that we saw carried through all the versions of Strange. You know, the the guy plays very high-stakes chess. That's that's who he is. And I thought it was really interesting seeing the choices that he had to make sort of contrasted with the lengths that Wanda was willing to go to get what she wanted. I mean, I, I have a better appreciation for Strange as a character because of how well they rounded him out in this film, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Quentin, I felt like you had something to say. Oh, no, I was I didn't even think about that. And especially with how you kind of um, combine the two phrases that uh, Defender Strange and Doctor Strange said, like in the grand calculus, like I I totally understand now. And that totally makes sense because I I, I haven't been able to revisit uh, Spider-Man No Way Home since probably like January. But um, he does say that. And for it to kind of like parallel what is said with this defender strange is such an interesting thread that i didn't even think of and you kind of you kind of blew my mind so i appreciate that but i i love that yeah i i do want to talk about uh one of the things that i found was interesting in this movie is that you know like that first sequence that we see it's with with defender strange and america chavez running and Doctor Strange, our Doctor Strange, wakes up after after seeing all this in a vision, and we kind of learned that 
when you dream, you're seeing other versions of yourself in the multiverse. And so, like, there's a point in this movie where Wong asks if, you know, he's talking to Chavez. He's like, so the naked version of myself running from a clown, like, that's happening somewhere? And she says, yes. And... You can go back and like what's really cool about this is you can actually tie this in with some of the other dream sequences that we've seen in previous Marvel movies going all the way back to Avengers Age of Ultron, I believe. Uh, Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I was thinking about that, too. Tony Stark having dreams about, you know, the fallen Avengers. I mean, we get the, the shots of like the broken cap shield, the dead Avengers like this might have been like a warning from the multiverse of like what happened when another group of Avengers faced Thanos and... I mean, it definitely has happened in other universes because we know that the Illuminati faced him, too. I want to talk about that later. But also when Tony in uh, Infinity War is... No, it's uh, Endgame. He's talking about uh, when he dreamt that him and Pepper were having a daughter named after Pepper's eccentric Uncle Morgan. That was probably another multiversal dream where that was actually a reality somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I just it was, I, in, it was Infinity War. It was Infinity War. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, just just the fact that they're able to take something like these dreams, incorporate into the multiverse, and and we can. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know all the rules here. I don't know if you only start having these dreams once the multiverse was affected by Loki and Sylvie. I don't know if this is something you know that's been happening forever, but it's still something cool to think about. For sure, I like to think that it's been happening forever, and and I agree, it is cool to think about that. Twenty eight movies later, they can still find ways to make you watch older movies and rethink the things you saw like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's totally something that that had been happening all along because um, America says that she doesn't have dreams since she's kind of like a a single figure in the multiverse. That's true. That's a great point. So it's Mm -hmm. been happening forever. Yeah, that proves it right there. She doesn't have these dreams. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I guess I do want to talk about some of the fun action scenes that I really enjoyed in this movie. Of course... Uh, the, I guess we can jump, we can, I don't want to break it down scene by scene, but I do want to talk about Christine Palmer's wedding. And I thought that, I mean, I really, I I really enjoyed this whole scene because not only did we get like an amazing action scene out of it, which I want to talk about, but, you know, just seeing, um, you know, them not shying away from like the relationship that he had with Palmer, her getting married, find out that her you know, fiance, her now husband is a big fan of Dr. Strange, which was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but, you know, he does talk to her about it and how, you know, it was hard for him to like give anybody else control and how, you know, just how, why the relationship didn't work. And, and um, you could tell that there's like a look on her face of, you know, yeah, she wished it could have worked, but she's happy now. And it's I think the, this movie, at, by the end of it, was about him kind of like letting other people take control and then learning from his lessons and just like letting go a little bit. I think he lets go of Christine in this movie, which was really a big, a big move forward for the character. 
Agreed. There was a tremendous amount of character development from Strange in this one. And, you know, starting it off right from the bat with with Christine saying you have to be the one holding the knife. And then her multiverse counterpart says almost the exact same thing to him later on. Mm -hmm. And and also mixed in with all the, you know, are you happy talk with Doctor Strange? I think it, you know, if you kind of take one and add it against the other, it's going to say that in order for him to be happy he has to learn to give up a little bit of control and you know he's not going to be able to let he's not gonna be able to have anybody in his life if he doesn't let anybody in his life is kind of how it felt to me yeah i also enjoyed seeing uh dr west show up uh michael stuhlbarg i love thank that. you yes i was so happy to see him yeah even, even i mean it sucked that he was only in it for literally that scene and it was basically just to be a dick but yeah. like the the actor himself has been doing so well and it was just nice to have him in there even for like the three minutes and he even got like the enacting credit you know at the end so i thought that was kind of funny i mean it, it showed us a lot though that scene that tiny scene kind of showed us a lot that not only did you know the avengers and people that were involved in you know uh, endgame and infinity war know um, that Doctor Strange was the one that gave up the time stone, but other people in the world kind of know the story now that right. like, they, he was basically like, was that our only play? Was that the only thing that you could do? And he said, yes, that's it. And I do want to, oh, sorry. No, I was just, I'm just saying like, everybody seems, it, it, it's a big scene because everybody in the world kind of knows how that all played out and they know the reason that there was the five years and the dusting and everything was because Dr. Strange gave him the time stone. And, um, you know, he lost five years of his life. He lost his cats and he lost his brother. And so, yeah, it was, I think I thought it was a really good scene for being something, you know, so small. For sure. Pretty cold line though. You know what I mean? Like the wedding's about to start. He's like, yeah, you're the best doctor and best Avenger, but you still didn't get the girl. That's cold. Line. <laughs> Dude, it's a little smirk. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, it's like, damn, ice. It's, it's interesting, Dan. You know, that line about I lost my two cats and in my theater, the audience kind of like starts chuckling and then he adds in and my brother and everyone's dead quiet. It, it was interesting. That almost, for me, sort of set the tone like, yeah, you know, we're going to have some laughs in this movie, but it's going to be a little more serious than the other MCU films. I, I don't know if that's what they were thinking, putting that line in that early, but it was a very unusual kind of pace. Uh, it was like an unusual beat at that point in the mu- movie and kind of established what the sense of humor was going to be for me. Definitely, kind of, definitely not an Ant-Man like, okay, movie. Well, he just prioritized his cats over his that's brother. What I was, that's, that's what I was I thinking, thought. too. I couldn't get past like, the geez. order of it. It's like he mentioned the cats first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that makes well, a lot of sense, actually. I mean, you can't pick your family, you know? <laughs> yeah. Our yeah. audience laughed after the brother line. Really? As it, yeah, oh, as wow. if he was saying that the cats were more important. We had a totally di- – hey, to each their own, right? Yeah. Does his brother sit on his lap and purr? Doubt it. He might. He might. <laughs> if he's lucky. You ever owned a cat? <laughs> I do want to talk about – we get the, the action scene here. So there's like a bunch of like commotion outside and – I I mean, nobody fucking could I don't think anybody could have done made Doctor Strange look cooler in this action scene than fucking Sam Raimi, because I like when he puts down he puts down the fucking you know glass of champagne on the tray and then just kind of does like this James Bond kind of like 
you know, slipping off the balcony. He just looks so fucking cool when he did it. And like the cape comes on, the suit fucking materializes, and he just kind of like glides down, flies down, just looking badass. I love the way he flies too. Um, it reminded me a lot of Spider Man, like his first first yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was incredible. And then we get this. I. I I love this fight scene, especially seeing it in 3D with the with the tentacles, with uh, him fighting Gargantos in the street and the tentacles and everything. It just looked really incredible. It was a good scene, like everything about it. I do have a question, and this is to everybody because me personally, I, I might not uh, understand this, but like this kind of goes back to what if with how Doctor Strange started really – um, and I know that this isn't our Doctor Strange, the one that I'm talking about with the what if of Christine dying and all that stuff. But like he really gets a handle on different kind of beasts. And that's throughout this this fight scene is like you see like a pink puma uh, come out and then the beast hands. And I just kind of wanted a, an explanation for that. But because like I didn't really I don't know. I just didn't know when that was kind of coming into play and it just was all of a sudden happening. Are you just asking like this, these new powers that he's this new, this new magic? I'm just sure like stuff in the interim, you know, it's just stuff that he's learned that, you know, um, that maybe hasn't, he hasn't had to use in certain situations, but it feels like it's the, like now is the time to use this, you know, a certain set right. of magic. So I just would have loved to have seen like him kind of surfacing that stuff. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe just like, I know it was in the interim, but like, I, I would have loved to have seen that kind of for that to happen instead of us just like, Oh, Oh, he can do this now. I personally love just being shocked with like what new magic spells he's going to kind of throw at us. It was so much more interesting mm-hmm. than watching, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it. The battle at Kamratage where all the fucking soldiers are doing the exact same magic. Dr. Right. Strange is like just surprising us with all the different types of like magic he's able to to wield. I like seeing that for the first time in battle, not in some sort of like magic montage where he's learning it. It's just being surprised and knowing that he's picked up new magic along the way or stuff that we just haven't seen. I liked it. I agree. That's like the movie magic. Like you don't you don't want to see like a prelude to that. You just want to see it happen in the moment and be wowed by it. Like it's it's a sequel, so you got to step up the magic. And I thought this movie really did a great job with that. Um, lots of classic Raimi stuff in this sequence with uh, seeing the same extra run by like four times in a row. If anyone noticed that stuff, <laughs> I didn't. No, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Raimi thinks that's hilarious. He does that motif in a lot of his movies. But yeah, the the guy with the hat and the briefcase. Like if you pay attention to him, you see the same exact guy running the same way like three, four times in a row. That's, that's great. hilarious. <laughs> uh, when when I absolutely. It was a fist pumping moment for me the first time I watched this when this battle is happening and America Chavez is wrapped up in the tentacle of Gargantos and then he is pulled away and it's not Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange has been knocked out by Gargantos. It's fucking Wong, man. Wong was a badass in this movie. (laughs) Yes, he was. When he was using the the knife or the rope dart or whatever that's called. When he's hanging from the cliff. Yes. And then the whole time he was fighting with it and then 
pulling out different weapons and oh it was incredible oh wong is just so fucking awesome it's just like i felt like this was you know like when we saw him show up in endgame and everything like that he's showing up with all the heroes we're excited to see everyone bucky everybody's back wong didn't really get his moment to shine there but like this moment strange is knocked out wong fucking comes through a fucking sling ring portal i was just like yes it's fucking wong and i love Wong. i've been on etsy looking for wong t-shirts all week now <laughs> yes that's, that's my, great my least favorite part of this movie though did involve wong I, I was very shocked when wong was the one to suggest that uh dr strange take chavez's powers like i it was a little bit like i'm still not a hundred percent sure i buy that within his character that he would be like kill the kid it's the only choice did he know that it would kill her i don't know it seems like just the emotion on his face when he's saying it he kind of knows the consequences Hmm. and i i was a little bit taken back by that scene because uh, I too like love Wong so much. That I sounds like, more of like a Mordo thing to say than a Wong thing to say, right? Yeah, yeah. I was. It's my least favorite moment in the whole movie. When I when I saw it the second time, it, it made me flinch. Like I I was just like, wow. I just am not a hundred percent grasping what's going on with Wong in that moment. I, I guess he's that despaired that that's where he's at. I mean, he's had a tough time. He's been, you know, Wanda's hostage and being drug around all over the fucking place and kicked off of a mountain. So, you know, maybe his mind state isn't 100 percent. But, yeah, I thought that was a little bit out of character for Wong to be like, just kill her. There's no other choice. Hmm. Well, do you think it could have anything to do with the fact that he's Sorcerer Supreme and, you know, excuse me, and Strange isn't in this universe? However, he is in all the other universes where he was okay with doing something like that. That's interesting. Wong is the one that has the burden that has to make the tough choice. Right. I I think Wong is just not playing by the rules. He's fucking he's hanging out with Abomination and he's fighting in these fucking Shang-Chi battles where he's making money on the side. Wong is a shifty motherfucker, right? (laughs) Cage fighter. (laughs) We can't trust that Wong, man. Oh, man. No, I love fucking Wong. I fucking love Wong. Yeah, this is the character that I was most worried about through this entire movie. And, and just thinking to myself, oh, my God, you better not kill this character off. Yeah. And, you know, pleasantly so surprised that, that they too, did not. Joe. But, yeah, I mean, he was the character that I worried about the most and very happy to see that they didn't kill him off. Some of the leaks actually had him dying. And, and uh, but uh, the, I remember that one of the leaks that, that was, it turned out to be correct. Of course, he lived in that one. Um, another thing about the leaks that were correct was uh, the killing of Gargantos, ripping the eyeball out. I loved the. It was a very Sam Raimi visual, and we got to see what the what Gargantos was looking at. We got to look through Gargantos' eye. I laughed over oh, that. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> Evil Dead when the eye pops out and goes right into someone's mouth. Remember that, Jake? I mean, it, it made the same sound effect exactly. when the eye popped out. Dude, that was my favorite part. There, there were so many just moments that made me smile like that. Uh, it, amazing. <laughs> this action scene was just incredible. I love the fact that the cape got involved even after Doctor Strange was knocked out. It was like picking up America Chavez and she was riding it like a flying carpet at one point. It got it gets caught underneath a motorcycle that Gargantos tosses and then she gets launched up in the air and she's on like a, a side of a building and um, she ends up falling just kind of like, you know, Aunt May in the Spider-Man movies. But there's a part where she's on the ledge and she's getting ready to kick the ledge 
And when she kicks it, that star power hits the concrete on the on the building ledge and it cuts out a piece of concrete in the shape of a star that falls on Gargantos. I thought that that was a really cool Mm -hmm. visual there and which made me a little bit kind of like wonder why she was so surprised when she punched the bio chamber later on in the movie that it cracked because we'd already seen her kind of like kick and use the same power with, you know, and it was very effective. So it was like, why hadn't she tried to punch the bio chamber before if she knows she has that power? I just thought it was because, she you know, she says right away she doesn't really know how to work it. So and she was scared. Yeah, you know? she was scared, freaking out the whole time, you know, so I could I could see that kind of lining in. Like, yeah, she doesn't know I'm how to use do the this. she doesn't know how to use the multiversal power to, like, control it to jump into universes. But I didn't know that that also was, you know, being carried over into, like, her just like punching things. And I just yeah, I mean, thought it was all I tied in together. Her, her superpower was yeah. being able to go back and forth. You know what I mean? I'm sorry if I was talking over somebody. I yeah, it's, it's pure adrenaline because even the, the stomp on the concrete is pure adrenaline rush. The punch is adrenaline. Like it, everything she does as far as powers is just guided by her emotions. And she even states as much. OK. All right. Fair enough. I was just curious why she hadn't tried to punch the bio chamber a little bit. I don't know. Earlier, I suppose. I don't know. Um, But that makes sense. That makes sense. I can buy that. Um, Yeah, I think it was. uh, I mean, I thought it was I thought this whole action scene was just a lot of fun and it bled Sam Raimi. And, um, you know, I I really enjoyed seeing the. What happened? Like they said in the leaks that, you know, a dead body of a Doctor Strange is going to end up in our universe. And as soon as that happened, Jake, I kind of like I knew that that was going to come into play later. I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. This is so cool. And I love when they buried like the Doctor Strange in the building. Um, Wong says that's got to break some ordinances. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his corpse was totally the like the Chekhov's gun of the movie. Like you just knew that was coming back into play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. I. I guess we can jump into Wanda at the at the orchard. So, I mean, Wong takes her back to Kamartage. Wanda, Doctor Strange feels like he, you know, he 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 noticed that there were runes of witchcraft on the demon, so he's going to, you know, consult with Wanda cuz she's a witch and she's more familiar with uh runes and witchcraft and then She's the one who drops America Chavez's name before Strange even tells her. And so now we know that she's the big bad of the movie. Did this I want to know if anyone on this podcast was surprised that Wanda was the big bad villain of this movie. (laughs) No, I was not. (laughs) Literal gasp. Couldn't believe it. I was not, but I was surprised at how like vicious she is. Mm -hmm. You know, she went from zero to 100 real fucking quick. Mm hmm. 
You want to elaborate on that there? Uh, I Phillip? apologize. No, I'm sorry. No, I was, I we were still kind of just like working and seeing. No, no, no. No, yeah, sure. I'll elaborate for sure. No, no. no. Like, I, I said Philip. I didn't say movie. Dan. Philip just went, mm-hmm. And I was like, Philip. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I apologize. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people on this call. I Come know. on, Dan. I know. I'm trying, guys. I know. I'm always uh, fucking up. So I, I've been actively avoiding any sort of leaks, rumors, spoilers. Um, this is one of the Marvel movies of recent times that I've went that I went into as fresh as possible. Um, I did consider the possibility that Wanda would be the villain, but even ignoring WandaVision. She was introduced to the MCU as an antagonist, and the Age of Ultron involved – I mean it had involved quite a few plot lines, but part of it was her sort of redemption and becoming an Avenger. And then for the next few movies, like she was firmly rooted as like you know a good guy, an ally. So I didn't expect – that it would be a sort of a character regression back to a villainous role. Um, And then, I mean, if you want to split hairs, I guess you could say that the real villain was the, was the Darkhold. Um, But uh, I loved Elizabeth Olsen in this. And if she doesn't get an Oscar nomination for this film, I feel like she should get some sort of major award recognition for Wanda because um, she is by far one of the the best performers um, in in the MCU. Like I – every single scene, I absolutely – I felt like her – like her pain, her sadness, her anger, her resentment, her disgust – um, I, I felt everything, even something as simple as like the way her like eyes, flu- her eyelids fluttered when she had her eyes closed. I could I could feel like what was going on. And of course, when she does that wand head tilt, I'm like, oh, they're fucked. Um, I, I would say that, you know, Wanda was an Avengers level threat. And the only thing that or not the only thing, but like another thing that surprised me was that uh, – I mean I, I don't think she's dead, but um, I would have thought uh, like while she's in like full like villain zombie, all that mode, um, that this would be a villainous arc that would span at least a couple more movies. Maybe not like the next three phases like Thanos or Kang, um, but for someone who has – as ridiculously overpowered as she is. And, and like she could basically kill the Avengers. Remember this is the care. She is the Avengers that Thanos was so afraid of that. He ordered his own cannons to be turned on his own army. Like that's how fucking powerful she was. Um, and when she was like going through the, the, um, uh, uh, 813's um, laboratory like that was just straight up horror movie like Michael Myers stalking um, uh, and the way she ripped through everyone um, I noticed that this was um, Wanda was the protagonist of this like for for you know a Doctor Strange 2 
Um, and yes, Doctor Strange did have his own arc, but I would actually argue that this was this movie was more about Wanda than it was about Strange. Um, and she was the protagonist and he was the antagonist, which is very similar to um, Infinity War, that like Thanos was the protagonist and his story was about getting the stones and Wanda's story. And this was about getting America Chavez and every other character was trying to prevent that plot from moving forward. So Wanda was the protagonist. Um, so I ain't going to lie, guys. I forgot the question. <laughs> I was all of that though, Philip, all of that. I was really, all of it was good. That's all. I, I yeah. I was basically mm-hmm. just asking if anybody was surprised that she was like the full blown villain in this. Um, I, I, I think at the end of the day, like with, is there a way to redeem her at all? Are they going to try to play this off? Like, cause I don't think she's dead either. Philip, are they going to try to play this off that she was basically just kind of like under the control of Cthon this entire time? Because in a lot of ways she was being influenced by Cthon. Cthon was not present in the movie. We did see his demons, but you know, we never saw a glimpse of Cthon. He was mentioned in this movie by Wong later on. Um, but we never see Cthon. Is that how they're going to? And another thing is like, is is she free of the Darkhold? Because, I mean, at the end of this movie, you know, fucking Doctor Strange has a third eye, which is kind of like feels like it's an imprint of the dark hold being left on him. Cause mm-hmm. we saw the same imprint yeah. being left on sinister strange. Even when sinister strange died, the eye still was very much alive and looking at Palmer as she screams. I mean, so the dark hold is, 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 is she is Wanda even freed from the dark hold, even though she destroyed it in all the different multiverses. We saw it burn up in the sinister strange universe. Is she free of the dark hold? Does she need to be 100% free of the Darkhold? Does Doctor Strange need to be 100% free of the Darkhold? There's a lot of questions that need to be answered going forward. I'm, I'm curious how much me they're going to bring... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm curious how much they're going to bring Agatha Harkness into it, though, because if they are going to come up with some sort of redemption arc for Wanda, who better to for her to deal with than somebody else who's having to get over these effects of the Darkhold turning them you know, evil? Mm-hmm. And Agatha was doing the exact same that Wanda was doing here, where she was trying to take Wanda's power, and Wanda was trying to take America Chavez's power. The dar- it's like the, I honestly feel like the Darkhold was just seizing the power for itself. Wanda's the most tragic character in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah, sided with Ultron. Like, and again, like she's made some clear mistakes. Sided with Ultron, caused the Civil War, lost her parents, lost Vision. And you know, took a lost whole her brother. Lost her lost brother. Her brother twi- took twice. a whole town of people hostage. I, like I don't, I don't know. For me, I totally buy it. Redemption is hard, you know. I and I think that's what's great about her character arc. I, you know, I have a feeling that she has a very big role to play with where things are going, especially given her power to sort of manipulate reality. I think that could be really important based on where the MCU is going. But I also think that she is the tragic story of the mcu right mm-hmm. that that's what she is 
it reminded me a lot of the way they handled Dr. Octopus in the Spider-Man movies, um, how they put the emphasis of his villainy on the inhibitor chip more so than the man. Um, I, I honestly hope that that's not a hundred percent the case with Wanda. I, one of my mild annoyances with the whole thing is I, I wish it wasn't a hundred percent the dark hold and the demons that were held responsible for, for what she did. I wish some of that guilt was, was in her. Like I, hope it was not. in WandaVision. It was I, all, a, it was yeah. all a lie yeah. in WandaVision. Yeah. Every, none of that was due to the dark hold. It was her lying. I mean, she even references it in this movie. Like the lying is the hard part. Um, because she was lying in WandaVision. That, all, all of Westview, that was all a lie that she con- conjured up herself. So, Also, I, I hate saying it. I have two boys. I kind of get it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're willing to do shit for your kids that absolutely stretches morality. There's no yeah. question. And, and uh, you know, you, you, especially given all the loss that she suffered, you feel for her, for sure. Did anyone's kids see this movie with them? Mine did, yeah. My well, my youngest is ten, so yeah, not how did yet. That go? I'm taking him to see it later in the week. Yeah, he was totally fine. I was actually kind of surprised, though. It's funny. My older son said the jump scares really bothered him. Um, mm-hmm. My younger one was totally, totally into it the whole time and not at all bothered. And he's usually kind of the scaredy cat, so I was surprised. Totally fine. I noticed some squirmy kids the second time I saw it. I thought that was pretty interesting. Let's talk about the, I mean, I really enjoyed the attack on Kamartage as far as like what Wanda was doing. I thought she looked menacing. I liked seeing her in the sky and just like throwing her chaos magic at all the different sorcerers. I mean, we had sorcerers come from the sanctums from London and China. So, I mean, she pretty much decimates everyone. What I didn't like about this action scene, and maybe I'm wrong here, and I want you guys to tell me if I'm wrong. If I just felt like it felt like just like a medieval battle with magic because it Wong is like, hold, hold. And, (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. but for me, I wanted to see different levels of sorcerers from different, you know, different levels of sorcery from different sorcerers and maybe, and, and not concentrate like on everybody doing a bunch of stuff all at once. Because if you do that, then you're getting into the action scenes that you got into the Phantom Menace that you can't fucking follow. It's just all this action. You can't follow everything. I just wanted them to focus on certain sorcerers fighting her at certain times, doing different things at different levels. And this was just like everybody doing the same thing all at once with a, with destruction. It was very cut and paste, kind of a boring battle for me. And it's another reason I didn't um love some of the some of some of what was going on here, but I loved what they did with Wanda. I thought she was awesome, kind of like flying around like the wicked witch and just like, you know, tossing chaos magic and killing people. So I loved how she appeared out of all that smoke or that fog. It just looked so menacing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The, the oh, use yeah, of the red <laughs> yeah, the use of red in this movie with her it just made the movie so menacing and beautiful at the same time. I loved the the way the the colors were used in this movie. Yeah, I do agree that Wanda was the best part of this whole sequence and everyone else was kind of a little bit generic in what they were doing. Like it would have been nice if they would have had like two or three stages to this battle instead of just 
you know, once Wanda kind of uses her mental powers to break through, it's pretty much almost like a fast hard cut to them running through the through the castle. Um, I did love the visual of her breaking into that guy's head, though. When she comes from behind that guy's body, I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was excellent. Oh, she yeah, says I, I, she says run away. I lo- yeah, it was really awesome. <laughs> and then that dude just kind of like fucking bitched out and started running and knocking into other sorcerers and then like left a gap open and then she just went fucking ham on everybody and i mean that's when i thought it was interesting but just the overall of like them using those cannons i thought i like am i watching game of thrones or i i I did and they're using bows and arrows and i was like okay this just reminds me of elves and lord of the rings I wasn't really blown away with the choices of how Kamertage was fighting her. I know it's a minor nitpick, but I just think I just wanted to see more magic users using magic. Yeah, it felt like they never defended this place before. Like this was the first time. So they weren't really that organized with the best of plans. And they even had two other sanctums join them for the battle. So I was just like, (laughs) what is going what is going on here? Well, I was surprised that Comertage itself didn't have some sort of defense network. It's like, really? It it relies solely on the people there. Even the there's Gungans no, have no, force fields, Joe. It, well, exactly. It's like, it's like um, there's been Sorcerer Supremes in Comertage for centuries, and nobody has ever built so, like a, a magical device or construct that just creates a fucking shield or something. Kind of, they gotta kind talk of a to weird Wakanda. choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they should have all went to Wakanda. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Would have been much safer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, okay, we know Wanda's about to show up in Comertage. Let's all go somewhere else. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, Strange basically led, you know, Wanda right to America Chavez at Comertage. I guess they thought that they were going to be safe, but of course they've got that one weak-ass student that fucked it up yeah. for everybody. Yeah. That guy better hope he died, right? Because if he survived, like... He did survive. He did survive. The, He's he, at the oh, yeah. end of the movie practicing with America. Yeah. yeah so he's the worst student, and everyone knows it. <laughs> this was one of my nitpicks. I'm like, if only they had a tool that was readily available that would help them go somewhere else really quickly and easily. Hmm. You know, <laughs> there, there were just moments like that that I'm like, wait, something's not quite right. And it definitely like to your point, Brian, where we got a lot of creative use of powers later in the movie. This one just felt like people shooting lasers at each other for like 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah. she's shooting red shit and they're shooting yellow shit for yeah. you know 10 minutes. I didn't want it to turn into the Phantom Menace where we couldn't follow the action, but I did kind of want it to turn into Days of Future Past where we saw like all the different heroes fighting and using magic and working with one another to try to stop her. But I mean, it was basically, it just felt like a generic kind of like a medieval battle with shields and they eat down to the, down to the, the sorcerers had having bows and arrows that were, you know, enhanced with magic. I just didn't, I was just like, now I just feel like I'm watching elves and Lord of the Rings. I just didn't appreciate that. One thing I did want to point out real quick before I forget is we do know that this movie was originally supposed to come out before Spider-Man No Way Home, before the pandemic and everything. And this movie would have ended the same way it did with her as one of the students at Comertage, but in Spider-Man No Way Home, instead of Ned using the sling ring, it would have been America Chavez showing up in that movie and uh, uh, bringing the different Peters into the universe with the sling ring. 
Have you seen the concept art for that? I have, yeah. Where uh, it was supposed to be Isabella Merced. Personally, I think that would have been a better pick. Like, I'm not disappointed in um, Sochi Gomez or anything like that, but it seems to me like Isabella Merced would have been a better, you know, she would fit a little bit better. She's a little more seasoned. I don't know. I just think she looks better on screen. You know, I don't know. That was just something I thought about when I was watching it. I'm not super familiar with her. What's, what's her um, role? Let's see. She was most recently, maybe I think most recently, in that Dora the Explorer movie. She was an instant family with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, uh, she, was she was great in, in that. So, yeah. Oh, totally. Dan. Sicario 2. Now that you've said that, I can't stop thinking that you're fucking right because I've yeah, had. Yeah, man. She would have been a better pick. And I think, good. I don't know if it was like a scheduling issue or something, yeah. but she was obviously in talks to be in that movie. She's really good. To, I hate to say it, but she was also in Transformers 5, and I I loved her. I thought she did such a great job. Yeah, she's great. Oh, no offense wow. to, to, you know, Sochi yeah. Gomez. I mean, if you think about it, I think this is her first role. And if we, like, go back to Ultron when we first saw Wanda, I mean, she really didn't do anything that spectacular. That's true. She and didn't she, really start. She really didn't start, you know, coming up until, like, later on until, like, I'd say in Infinity War and Endgame. And then she got this massive Hemsworth upgrade in WandaVision. Well, so yeah. It's not, it's <laughs> not to say that she won't, that uh, Sochi won't get that as she, you know, I'm actually very curious. Now that I see her studying sorcery and stuff like that, I'm very yeah. curious to see what they do with her and how bad as she actually gets I, I really liked her and and there were rumors that there were tons of reshoots because something wasn't working with her character it um, was because of the test screenings audiences were leaving and saying that yeah. they didn't really like her i don't believe that um jake and i actually talked about this kind of like in our pre pre-game show where i had seen the movie at the you know on on monday of this week at a, at a press screening and i kind of told jake that I don't believe those. I don't believe that people were walking out of the movie and not enjoying her. I think that the I, I don't believe that at all. I don't think that she was the best part of the movie, but she was by far not the worst part of the movie. I thought she was I thought she was good for what she did. You know, you said it best uh, on your other recording recently that were over the, you know, uh, the beginning of the week. And you said basically she was fine. Yeah. And I think that's a very good way of putting it. She was fine. She doesn't hurt the movie, but she doesn't necessarily help the movie. But again, going back to my fan casting, if you put Isabella Merced in that, we have a whole different type of movie. But they got to write for her. And I felt like they didn't write too much for her in this movie. And they did kind of just use her as a MacGuffin. Like the, the sure. part where she, you know, she's talking with Strange in the pizza parlor and Wong. And she talks, you know, he brings up Spider-Man. He like, oh, I've had some I've had some run ins with the multiverse. Yes. Uh, this thing with Spider-Man. And she's like, uh, Spider-Man. And he's like, well, he looks like a human, but he has the powers of a spider. Oh, webs out of his butt and i mean yeah. that's you know it was funny people like that it, we just didn't get enough of those kind of jokes out of her in this to like really like endear us to her yet maybe if she gets a disney plus series but dan i mean they had that that girl from instant family uh is it what's her name isabella isabella merced she's really good i'm not gonna lie she's really good i like her yeah, that you know, might have been better casting, but I think it was a happy accident that Doctor Strange 2 and No Way Home got flipped because I do prefer the sling ring stuff being put on Ned more than I would have America Chavez. I think that worked out so well to kind of close out that trilogy with that character. Oh, I love that too. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about if, and again, I'm sure they would have changed other things, but if Doctor Strange did what he did in No Way Home after the events of this movie, I'm like, motherfucker, seriously? Like, really? You're going to do that? So it seems to work out better story-wise for things to happen in the sequence that we're seeing them. Well, I think out of 
everything wouldn't Sylvie and Loki have Sylvie and Loki would have st- that 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 Loki show would have came out first, right? So, I mean, does it does it matter which order the movies are in because of the Loki and Sylvie stuff happening in the in the Loki show? Yeah, I see what you're saying there. That that kind of cements the rules so hard. But I think it matters a little bit. I think it would be a bit of a plot hole to have introduced Chavez already and not just wonder why she's not punching these villains back into their reality. Like it, it, it makes what they have to do a lot more harder in No Way Home having it come first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, okay. the yeah, thing about this cold open in the movie is that, you know, you, you've never seen her before and you just sort of have to I, I'm how. I was having trouble with this both times I saw it. It's just like you have to accept that, okay, she's America Chavez, and you just have to kind of go with it. I think it would have been better if she appeared in No Way Home. And you, or, you know, like even like on the, the back end, like a, a end credit scene or something like that, you have a little bit of familiarity. So when you go and it's not quite as like, who is this person? Even though people like us, we know because we've done the, you know, we've done the homework. We've been reading thought, the articles. And all that. I, I have to disagree with that. I thought the movie very brilliantly played with the who is that person. Like it, it was kind of like how the story went with the dreams being mirrors into the alternate realities in the multiverse. I, I thought that was kind of the fun of introducing the character of when you see her again in 616, a lot of the audience thinks she's just the, a different version of the character we saw at the beginning of the movie. So I think the reveal is quite fun. I can dig that. You don't get any of that if you've already cameoed her in a previous movie. True. Now you got a good point. Well, I mean, she would have. we would have seen Multiverse of Madness first, and then she would have cameoed in Doctor Strange. No, I'm, I'm confused. You just I'm sorry. In cameo in No Way Home, Doctor oh, Strange. Okay. Doctor Strange. Excuse me. Doctor Strange was originally supposed to come out first, followed by No Way Home. Oh, yeah. I, I thought what Dan was saying though is he would have preferred a bit of a more of an introduction to the character before this movie to be a little bit less confused. And my argument was the confusion was part of the fun. No, I, I think I agree with you, Jake. Um. Let's talk about – yeah, let's jump into a scene that I want to talk about. It's uh, when Chavez uh, – you know, Wanda is attacking them inside Comertage. She's coming through the reflections. She's got them cornered. She's fighting Strange. Strange uses that dragon magic, which I thought that dragon magic just looked fucking incredible. Another power that Quentin was like, where – I've never seen this before. <laughs> I what? It was like in What If. That was in What If. And I was like – and I thought – for some reason, we were—I don't know. I just maybe I was just too stuck. And you mentioned it in an older episode. I think it was when you were talking about uh, the the leaks and like the story, like how you got it pretty much spot on. And you said that what if and uh, won't matter in this. And you're right; like those don't really matter. Those are just uh, even as Dan said, just extra extra stuff for you to like take in and be like, oh yeah, we saw this. Um, and I just, I don't know, maybe I just took that too literal where I was like, maybe we are going to get a little more with, uh, how, what if, and this, we're going to connect and yeah. So I totally understand what you mean though, but it was cool, but I was just like, damn, where did this come from? Well, okay. You don't have to keep defending yourself. I'm going to call you defender Quentin throughout this entire episode. <laughs> Quentin, I, lo- I love, I love what you're, br- I love the energy, man. I love what you're bringing this episode. I, th- there, I want to talk about the scene where 
Chavez accidentally transports Strange across the multiverse and we just see them popping in and out. What's really cool is like even in the visual itself, it kind of lets you see that this is possible. We see that star form and the way that the movie does it, it looks even cooler than in the comic book. I just love how it's kind of like on the sides, it's kind of like that that star energy is kind of like peeled back into like it looks almost like cubes or something, like sugar cubes. It looks really fucking dope. But you can see even behind that one star, there's another one and another one and another one. So you see that they're just going to pop in between universes. Now, I think when she gets her power down, she's just going to be able to pop in from like, you know, this is, you know, universe one. This is universe two. I can pick and choose which one I want to go to. But now it's just like we see infinite multiverses that she's popping into. And I want to talk about some of these that we see. I think the first one that we see, I think if you guys noticed it and it was actually in the trailer and I didn't notice it um, the first time. Uh, the trailers came out, but they jumped through one that looked to be the home of the Living Tribunal. We see the head of what looks like the Living Tribunal, which we actually saw a statue head of the Living Tribunal in the Loki series. Um, and the Living Tribunal is a it's a huge, gigantic cosmic being uh, tasked with the safeguarding of the multiverse. He's got uh Uh, three different heads, gold skin, glowing eyes. And we see multiple versions of these heads in that world kind of floating around with, with the three faces. And I just, I I was like, holy shit, it goes so quickly. And then we see uh, like that pipe world. There's a world where they turn into paint. There's the animated world. There's a world that's possibly the savage land. We see the world where they everything is cubes, even them, down to them. There's a world where the it looks there's a lot of Egyptian architecture, but there's this upside down tower in the sky in that as well. It made me think of like what we've been watching in like Moon Knight with Kanchu. Also made me think of like Apocalypse. Um but uh, did you guys notice any other worlds as we're popping? Yes. Go ahead, Quentin. Yes, I, I think it was actually the pipe world you were talking about. Um, did you see the drones yes. that uh, Quentin Beck used? Those are the Quentin Beck drones? Yeah, I, I saw that. Like, they were the drones that, because they were white and they had, like, you know, they were kind of circular. Now, I could be totally wrong, but from my second viewing, I, I noticed in my first one, so I was looking for it, and it definitely looked like those Quentin Beck drones. Okay, I felt like it, like, all I could think about is, like, it was an Iron Legion universe, like, uh... Right. Well, that's Stark. Stark and Stark, you know? Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's true. You're you're connecting it. I, I just kept thinking it looked very Iron Legion, like it was a... It was a world where, you know, like, you know, where Tony was making all the suits and, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. What is Ultron? Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for Jake to see this like 127 more times so he can tell us each world, you know. (laughs) (laughs) One of those scenes I'm really looking forward to when this comes out on digital so you can just go through that frame by frame. Because they, yeah. flash bot, they flash through so much stuff so quickly. There's one world that almost looked like, remember Surtur's world? In, yeah. In, oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. In Ragnarok, it kind of looked like Surtur's world. Um, I, it just looked like a lot of death there. <laughs> I yeah. was wondering if that was just like a straight up deadite world from like the same Raimi universe. That's possibly, a good call, even. too. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. I like that. 
Um, I like they did with what they did with the music during this sequence too. Like every blip, the music kind of changed just a little bit. Like it, during the animated part, it hit that like feel and everything. I, I thought that was <laughs> like the, the, music, the music work was very cool. Did you see yeah. that one world where they there was a blimp in the sky? No, no I missed that one. That. Yeah, there was. They, they were like it was like they were still using blimps. There was a blimp flying around in the sky. Yeah, it was wild. It was almost like a kind of like a black and white world or something. Yeah, there was a blimp in the sky. Wasn't there like a world where there was dinosaurs? Yeah, that was the Savage Land. Yes. Oh, Savage Land. Land. It looked like the Savage Land. Do we know if it's the Savage Land or not? Not 100%, but it looked like the Savage Land. Yeah, it was like a T-Rex fighting a Triceratops. And like the last few that we saw, there was like a noir world. That was pretty fun. It was kind of like... uh, from Spider Verse, Nick Cage's um, Spider Man Noir world, yeah. where it was just very like sepia, black and white. Well, they land in they land in uh, eight in the universe of eight three eight, and I don't. Well, I kept thinking like like their technology is a lot more advanced than us. They have that that very convenient memory lane technology. Where you can oh, yeah. see your memories at a dis- now at a discounted price, um, but uh, yeah, I I took that as no five year blip. I, I don't know why I connected no five year blip to sort of like this utopia, but that's what I took out of that. Huh? Well, uh, they killed Thanos on Titan, so no five. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like there was no five year blip in that world. Yeah, but I mean. Other things about that world are completely different. Like the street lamps, red means go, green means stop. I mean, there's a contrast with all the citizens too. If you didn't notice that, they're all kind of grayed out. Where yes. the world's really colorful. Yeah, that's what I wondered if they were under some sort of mind control. Like, is this Illuminati not as nice as they've made themselves out to be? Right. Yeah, there really was no expression on their face. You're right. Pizza Papa had tons of personality. That's true. Anomaly. I I first time I watched this movie, I fucking died when I saw Bruce Campbell as the Pizza Papa. It almost I was like when I was watching this the first time, it took me like at least three seconds to realize that that was Bruce Campbell. I had the I same think thing. the white yeah the mm-hmm. white hair really threw me off. It took me a couple seconds too. Yeah, the white hair really threw me off as well. But yeah, but once he speaks, it's obvious. And then they have him do the most Bruce Campbell shit ever. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> like a sweet beatdown. Yeah, Randy Pizza Papa that perfect. guy up. <laughs> it was so good. It, it so reminded me of the scene in in Army of Darkness at the mill. It was so awesome. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I was thinking about Evil Dead Two when his hand gets taken over. Was where I went. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, some of the Yes, yeah, and the spell should only last three weeks <laughs> for three. <laughs> for three, it's over. It's over. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get the we get the we see the memory lane stuff, and we see the you know uh, Palmer gifting Strange with the watch, and then we get. I thought that this – I wonder if this – these may have been reshoots or not have been reshoots. I don't know if these were included in reshoots or not. But we did get to see America Chavez's moms and and uh, kind of like her origin story of like, you know, she almost gets stung by the bee and then she gets scared and then her moms get sucked into the multiverse. Do you think that that will be explored in something going forward? Maybe a America Chavez Disney Plus show or – 
There's her MacGuffin. I think a hundred percent. I think I they think foreshadowed so too, it yeah. so much that there's no way they can they can go back on it. Like they, there was, mm-hmm. you know, too much dialogue about her being reunited with her with their parents again. I think it'll definitely happen. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Philip? You think we're going to get a quantum leap show I, with America I, Chavez? I, I think so. There was just too much there for it to be completely ignored. Um, the thing that it reminded me of was um, kind of like X Men mutation becoming. Um, uh, activated under duress, uh, like around like early adolescence. Mm-hmm. So when it was the bee that that stung her and she got afraid, I mean, it yeah, it just reminded me like, oh, that's her ex mutation becoming active under stress. Um, yeah, there's no way this is this plot thread is being ignored. So yeah, we're we're gonna have a resolution to the mother's. Um, uh, I guess at this point, hanging plot thread. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is that a fun show? I mean, let me kind of pitch this the elevator pitch of the America Chavez show, <laughs> America Chavez. She's got like another, maybe, I don't know, maybe a y- another young Avenger that joins her on these journeys where she pops in and out of the multiverse. I, and I each- wanted the Minotaur to go. Oh, Rintra? So you want Rintra? Yeah. yeah, we could have a show that starts out at Comertage and then, you know, she, she they were able to get weekend passes and she fucking goes through the multiverse with Rintra and That'd be uh, sick. pops into mm-hmm. different universes looking for her parents. This will never happen, but yeah. I want it to be Hawkeye because he's just so ill-equipped to deal with traveling. To- <laughs> and you, you know mm-hmm. that this multiverse, he'd be totally fucking done. Oh, God. You know, yeah. you know Hawkeye's going to be puking after every one of them. Exactly. You know? It'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure she's going to find her parents alive, though. I think the plot thread will continue, but I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, she finds out the worst case scenario and that kind of guides her character forward. Yeah, it just seems like too easy of a thing just to have her parents pop back up in the picture, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about this whole, we find out about this uh, whole new concept of dream walking and it's when you're using the dark hold to basically almost like astral project yourself into another multiversal version of yourself and control them for a short time but within that short time I believe Wong says like, you know, it can uh, cause like serious, I'm paraphrasing, but like serious repercussions for the limited amount of time that you are using this, this dream walk. I really fucking dug this concept of the dream walk. Me too. Yeah. I've always been into like possession and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Oh, sorry, Jake, please go ahead. Oh, I love the montage that explained it. I thought was really well done. And just the way they executed seeing it happen was just so fantastic. It, it, they almost, it was frightening. Well, the Seeing Wanda getting taken over. I want to hear what Dan has to say, but like the visual of just like the red chaos magic acting as like the interconnected multiverse and then us seeing Wanda travel through the, like through the red magic to like bounce through different worlds, end up on eight, three, eight and take over the other Wanda. And then, you know, like the possession happens and like Raimi doesn't just stop with her, like bouncing into the other Wanda. It's like this full on fucking like, 
oh my God, the house is shaking. But only Wanda is, is experiencing like this. Billy and Tommy are just fucking talking about the 2003 Tigers and like, you know. They just and, want their fucking ice cream. I want oh, ice cream. That they sing, that's so creepy to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I could take I one thing out, that would be that song. There were kid. There were people laughing the whole time, and I'm just like, "What is this? Like, where am I?" <laughs> I want Quentin. I want you to sing that song to your wife anytime you want ice cream. <laughs> I want you to delve into those lyrics real quick, Brian, and then yeah, let me go ahead and do that. Greg was on a previous episode where his wife served him a caramel sundae. Greg, is that the song you're going to be singing this episode to get your caramel <laughs> sundae? <laughs> I also just ate a buffalo chicken wrap for anyone who's interested. <laughs> I, I, I heard the <laughs> buffalo chicken wrap come in. I was like, oh, there it is. Oh, you heard it? I'll tell yeah. my wife. She was trying to be quiet. <laughs> Maybe you can give us a rap version of the buffalo chicken wrap. <laughs> <laughs> There's more dad do- jokes, Brian. You got to stop, man. That was a good one, Quentin. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um. Yeah, Dan, you creepy. They made all that in that house, though, Um, Mm -hmm. like like especially when her when the picture of her turns and looks at her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, the 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 coffee mug, the coffee mug with the ocean waves in it. um, It made me think of uh, me only. Probably. I'm a big fan of Scott Mutter. He's a photographer and he'll take two different images and combine them. And he does stuff like that where he will like he'll put ocean waves in like a coffee mug. I've got like a Scott Mutter photograph on my wall and it's a it's a church cathedral and you see inside and it's got the pews. But when you look between the pews, it's got like a like streets. uh, It's like a, a street in a city and there's cars and and lamps and stuff like that. He'll take two photos and blend them. And I was just like, I love that visual. I've always been a big fan of like transposing images on each other to make them look interesting. And I just love that. Um, Ramey did that here. I just thought that visual was so cool. For sure. It's one I keep going back to when I think about it. So, yeah. Um, very cool. The dream walk stuff. Uh, any other like uh, thoughts about dream walking? Because it's an it's an interesting concept, and I think this is the first time they've ever used dream walking in the MCU. We've seen characters go through the astral plane. This is something completely different. This is like this is like if Doctor Strange got pushed into the astral plane, left his body, and then traveled through the multiverse. It's a completely different thing. What I was I mean, going to say I, is that I really enjoy the the whole aspect of like possession and mind control and things like that, and it's really cool for this movie. But am I mistaken in thinking that it was res- uh, the Darkhold was responsible for that? That's how it happens, right? The dream, yeah, yeah. yeah so the Darkhold is destroyed; she can't do mm-hmm, it anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Can we mm-hmm. even think of that as a concept anymore? If it's just as you know, if the, if it's a it's a moot point, basically. Yeah, now it is. Now yeah, it, it is. sucks because I really like that. I mean, it's it's just cool to see some. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got allergies, guys. But it's it's cool to see like these different powers, like Quentin's mentioning, and all these different things that are coming out. Because you know, quite honestly, it can get stale if we just see the same thing all the time and rehashed all the powers that that, that people have. I think that they just they really branched out and they did some really exciting things on this. Even if it's just in this self-contained movie, uh, I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked that quite a bit. Um, Mm. What do we want to break? Oh, sorry. Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break. I want to kind of like figure out where we're going. What, what was that, Quentin? Oh, no, I, it can wait till later. It was just about the music. 
Okay. Yeah, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to talk about more in this movie. And definitely, I want to get us eventually to uh, the mid credit scene and uh, break that one down. We'll be right back. Hi. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, yeah, we are back, and I, I guess I just want to jump into, let's jump into one of like the most exciting scenes in this movie. Um, it's where, of course, you know, Stephen Strange is... Uh, traveling with, with, uh, oh, is he, is, is he with Palmer at this point? No, he's not with Palmer. He's with America Chavez, excuse me. And he's standing out in front. He's in the 838 and he's standing out in front of the, uh, this world's Sanctum Santorum, which is dedicated. There's a statue. It's dedicated to Stephen Strange, who sacrificed his life to save the world from Thanos. So this was a, a universe that was also at war with Thanos at one time. And he is greeted at the Sanctum by 838 Sorcerer Supreme, Carl Mordo. And they meet with him and he gives him a big hug and they go in. They, they, and, and then uh, Jake, the leaks were right about this. He poisons them. That yeah, was another yeah. part of the leak where they were like, yeah. So he poisons them and then they wake in the bio chambers, we're then introduced to this multiversal version of Christine Palmer, who this is a cool thing. She mentions that she uh, was a scientist that she worked for the Baxter Foundation. Mm -hmm. yes. I caught it. Yeah, yeah caught there were a lot too. of gasps. Uh, my first viewing when when uh, that was said. Yeah, so that that, that was our first kind of like tease at the Fantastic Four. You know, we we know about the Baxter Building. Um, Christine Palmer then goes into how, you know, they're from she they're in Earth 838 and that they are from Earth 616. This is one of those things, Jake, that you did not like that we talked about in our spoiler episode that that was also leaked. Yeah, I, I re-listened to that, and I, I still don't like it. I, I really wish the MCU had its own designation when it came to what number it is. Like, it's very obviously not the same as the comic book 616, so it's still still something different. You know, like one is 616 and one is MCU 616. So what's the point? It's also interesting. In, um, Quentin Beck referred to the MCU as 616, too. Yeah. So it's like 
did he have some weird multiversal expertise or like how did how would how did that happen yeah and didn't he say he was from earth 833 i don't remember what the the number was yeah i had totally forgotten about that that really kind of throws Mm -hmm. a weird monkey wrench in how the hell did i know that in it almost makes it like hey the comics aren't real you know that's that's what i was sort of feeling I agree with that, Greg. It's kind of a shit on the whole thing. It is, because 616 is the comic book continuity. They should have come up with a different number for MCU continuity. Yeah, they should have uh, should have been. I a, thought there was one. I, it, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's a palindrome. So it's still 616. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, buddy. Wasn't there like uh, something about like this was Earth 19999 or something? I can't. I'm so That was from – that. I think that's what the comic books said that the movie universe was. But that's like oh, okay. the movie universe, again, is not giving any credit to the comics here. Sam Raimi's in issues of Ultimate Spider-Man because in Ultimate Spider-Man, Sam Raimi is filming the Spider-Man movies within the Ultimate Universe. If you remember any of that weirdness. Hmm. That's right. Those like that, that Doc Ock storyline, right? Mm hmm. Yep. So Strange then gets escorted out. I mean, they're trapped in the bio chambers. He gets escorted out by Ultron bots uh, to the Illuminati. No no Tony Stark in this universe. Did they have a Tony Stark or were Ultron bots created by someone else? There was one chair we didn't see filled, right? So we assume one member of the Illuminati has died previous to this. Called in sick maybe that day. I don't Called know. Called in sick. That was smart. Smart <laughs> move. Yeah. So this is interesting because um, – there are people, you know, I think we talked about this in a prior episode, Brian, the rumors about Tom Cruise. Yes. There are people who are still saying Tom Cruise filmed a scene for this movie and it just wasn't used. And and some of the reputable leakers on Twitter are saying this. So uh, I, I don't know. Are they saving Tom Cruise for later? Are the leakers wrong? I, I, I just don't know what to think about that. I well, still think this movie supposed to be significantly longer. Or was it always yeah, going to be I, two hours? No, Sam I heard Raimi you said the original was, was over three hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I've heard that too. That the, the original is like over three hours. Um, maybe the Tom Cruise stuff is being saved for something later on down the road, Greg. That's, That's what I happen to think. I, I wonder. Yeah, yeah. If it is yeah, true, it's not done with the multiverse. Totally not so, done I mean, with the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they can't. You know, they can't shoot their wad yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, they gave us a lot here. We get we find out that, uh, you know, he's being brought to the Illuminati, which I didn't like the line that Strange said, Illuma what like he's never heard the word Illuminati before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that that was kind of stupid. Like, but aren't you a doctor? You're pretty smart, right? You've never heard the word Illuminati. Before? Uh, yeah, come on. Uh, the, the, this the Illuminati consists of uh, Baron Mordo, uh, Captain Peggy Carter uh, King Blackagar Boltagon, which I loved when they announced him. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange talked back to him and gibberish and said, how the guy, the, the gear or whatever. I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, Captain Maria Rambo. So in this universe, uh, Maria Rambo is Captain Marvel. Um, and uh, then we are greeted finally by Dr. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic mm-hmm. himself. Um, so we get those members later on. Of course, we know you know, Professor X shows up, but um, 
Yeah, man, this was, uh, I mean, my crowd, you know, I heard a lot of like, you know, female fans kind of like, you know, squeal when we saw Captain Peggy Carter. A lot of guys did too, but a lot of like, you know, fans of Peggy Carter and that show, I know that that's who I was hearing from in the crowd. And then I, but I think everyone went nuts when they saw John Krasinski. Yeah. I lost my shit. <laughs> Absolutely. And the thing is that it looked, no, that was uh, of, of all the surprises that I knew I was going to get going in, that is the one I least, absolutely suspected. And he looked perfect. He looked exactly like all of the fan art that we've been seeing for years. And as soon as I heard, because they introduced him as like the most intelligent, the smartest man in the universe, something like that. And I'm just like, oh, wait a minute, this sounds familiar. And it's like he materialized from the, the force symbol out so I saw his blue suit before I saw his face, and it was absolutely perfect. And I felt like this this sounds so fucking weird. I don't give a shit. But I felt like Marvel was giving me a hug. Like that was the that was like the one time I felt loved as a Marvel fan was when we got <laughs> that absolutely perfect fucking casting. Of John Krasinski as as Reed Richards, uh, what happened was a different story. But the introduction and just know it, seeing just the it was just perfect. It was absolutely just spot on, just like all of that. That was and that was straight up fan casting. I can't believe they fucking put it in the movie, but I love that they did it. Again, what followed. Is a different story, but yeah. Can I, was, can I complain was... about something real quick, though? Yeah, I want to talk about Fantastic too. Go for it, Greg. Yeah. Well, number. Well, I'm curious what you have to say about Mr. Fantastic because I'll complain about that. <laughs> what? Why are you putting Xavier and Captain Carter in the trailers? What, what are you doing that for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, why? Like, yeah. was the movie tracking badly? That's the only thing I can think of. That because it just reeked of kind of desperate. That's a, a moment that the theater earns you need to have that look i'll just say it i was on reddit i knew exactly who was going to be in this movie but the fact that i had to be like you know what i want to save hearing xavier's voice and seeing captain carter in live action and i had to avoid facebook for a few days it's just i just don't know why they did that and i'm curious what you guys have to say about i I think it it worked i i i agree that they shouldn't do it and i hate it yeah but man, I went and got my oil changed on Thursday with an Iron Man shirt on all day, and I had four different people bring up Doctor Strange to me, and three out of the four people wanted to talk about Xavier. So I, I think it worked, man. I think that's the kind of shit that gets the person that people are like, "Is this one I can skip, or is this one I have to see?" And I think that really works on people. They feel like it's one they have to see because of that kind of shit they show. I think hearing the voice was enough, though, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did, did I was I stopped watching TV spots? Were they actually showing his face? They were showing the front no. of his yellow the chair. Silhouette. Yeah. So the, it's funny. Like, uh, so let's go back in time to when we heard of the Fox acquisition, and we were like, "Oh my god, when, when are they going to introduce Marvels to the MC uh, mutants to the MCU?" It's going to be in uh, Doctor Strange TV spot number three, two weeks prior to release. That's when we got. 
I, like that's a huge moment for the history of these films, and you're fucking throwing it into like a TV a TV spot. It, yeah. it just it, I just I'm disappointed I mean, these, they chose pe- these people that. ended up being cannon fodder though, so I think it just kind of worked. Like I'm at the point where they could have made Grogu part of the Illuminati, and I would have <laughs> loved to have seen him been part of this carnage as well. Like I. <laughs> I, 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 I I think the spot and what they did with it just worked with 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 that. I, I don't think it was that. It's not like oh now the X Men have been introduced into the MCU. Like none of that. I mean yes that technically happened, but it didn't really happen. It didn't answer any of the questions about how mutants even enter the six one six in the first place. Like it it was just a member Barry's feel good tease of Patrick Stewart back again, and he was used as a device to just show. Wanted to go apeshit crazy, which I, I thought the whole thing was kind of perfect. Yeah, and I hadn't seen any of the TV spots, so I mean, other than than the spoiler episode, you know, on here a little while back, I didn't really have any details on who all was going to be there. So I was pleasantly surprised by quite a few of them. I thought it was cool that they uh, uh, talked about uh, Black Bolt, and didn't they call him like the protector of the Terrigen Mist? Ooh, did they use the word yes, Terrigen Mist? I, they I used they one hundred percent said Terrigen Mist. And That's I believe cool. that they called him like the protector of the Terrigen Mist. So yes, Terrigen Mist has been, you know, fuck it's canon. You know, and I mean does it does that mean we're gonna get in humans? Does that mean we're gonna get, you know, any Terrigen Mist going forward in the MCU at all? I don't know, but it was they 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 name dropped Terrigen Mist, yes. Yeah, I lean towards no. Like, I, I think this, again, was the perfect spot to throw a Black Bolt homage in without having to worry about anything down the line. Like, the, the way these characters were used, it doesn't really cement anything for their futures. Like, anything else could still happen. So I, I really love that about it. But I want to circle back to uh, the John Krasinski stuff because I wanted this, but I actually didn't love it. I thought he mm-hmm. looked kind of awkward as Mr. Fantastic. He looked old and weird to me. And I walked away like I loved the scene and I loved what happened. But I walked away going, maybe I don't want John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Exactly. I am there with you, Jake. It's funny. The performance was oddly flat. It I, felt I like post-COVID any- shit. It was like, was he in a room somewhere in front of a green screen, just kind of reading lines that they just handed to him? That's I had the I same reaction. Yeah. Just, it felt like um, Jim from The Office and not the guy who was in A Quiet Place. That That's what it felt like to me. Can I say well, one you thing? Know, look, it's, I'm, I'm willing to – I'd still love – I'd love to see him in the role, but it was – the performance didn't really hit for me. Yeah, I was surprised that for Philip, it was like the warmest hug he's ever gotten from MCU. Like I – I did not quite have that reaction. Mm-hmm. What got me is they introduce him as the smartest man alive, and then he proceeds <laughs> yeah. to do the dumbest fucking thing yes. in the uh, movie. Yeah, it was, more than one dumb thing. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, also though, it led to probably one of my favorite kills, maybe the best kill in the MCU. Just my opinion. Agreed. His or good. Black Bolts? Because I'm Black Bolts. Black Bolts is what he's talking yeah. about. Oh God! Yeah, for me, Black Bolts' kill was fucking incredible. That was phenomenal, and she was so <laughs> ruthless too with her comeback of what mouth? That's all she needed to say. It was awesome. It was like yeah. it was like it was like it was like a bomb went off in his head. Like you know, 
Like, what, yeah, like, like, like it, his mask contained it. Yeah, like it ricocheted out of like from his teeth or something like that. Just blew his freaking head in. It you was know, so like, sick. like, like when is it Jokey Smurf that has like the gifts with the bombs in it? It's like he, it's like a <laughs> My favorite Smurf. Yeah. Like smoke came out of his ear and everything. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's hilarious that Reed's the one that tipped Wanda off to do that in the first place. Like yeah. that's just absolutely bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> well, Reed he's is not. He's not the street smartest man alive (laughs) reed is uh basically talking to dr strange about you know their fears and of why he's in their universe and he says we appreciate your concern steven but it's not the scarlet witch that we fear from our experience the greatest danger to the multiverse it turns out is dr strange um then reads you know tells strange that him showing up in their universe has destabilized reality and amplified the risk of an incursion occurring. And that's our first use of the word incursion in the MCU. Now, this has been something in the comics, and I want to talk about that later. Um, Steven is not familiar with the term incursion and then reed explains the concept of incursions to him and then strange uh you know continues to warn them about you know the real what he thinks is the real threat here is that the scarlet witch um poses a threat to the multiverse um captain marvel is just doubling down on like you're you're what's dangerous and then Reed Richards tells Strange that he's more dangerous to the multiverse than Wanda Maximoff. And uh, this is when they have to tell him the story and Professor X kind of glides out and says we should tell him the truth. We get this whole, and I want to talk about the flashback, but we like the whole story how it goes down is they explain that when Thanos launched his offensive in their universe, the Illuminati, not the Avengers, but in the 838, the Illuminati got together to stop him. And Strange decided to search for ways to stop him on his own. And in that universe, in the 838, he uses the Darkhold. And he begins to dreamwalk and try to find solutions across the multiverse. Um, he was successful in finding the... You know, the, the solution, which was the Book of Ashanti. But... Uh, he still continued to dreamwalk and he only stopped when he caused the incursion, the collision of two universes where at least one is completely destroyed. So um, that's interesting. Um, (laughs) Strange. Then this strange, the eight, three, eight strange tells Reed Richards what he did. He renounces the dark hold and, um, the group does find the Book of Fajanti. They use it to defeat Thanos. Um, but after that, the Darkhold had grown, grown too deep within Strange. So the Illuminati, Strange included, decided to eliminate him. And um, so, yes, uh, the group then covered up this whole like what's interesting about this too is that on our universe everybody knows what our doctor strange did on titan gave thanos the time stone the whole universe is aware of everything 
But in 838, they cover everything up that actually happened on Titan and claims that, you know, he's the one who sacrificed himself to save humanity and they make a statue out of him, lying to everybody. So they, det- they decide to just kill him to prevent you know, him causing more harm. Um, so we get that flashback. I, this whole scene of seeing um, a dead Thanos laying there as they're kind of like, you know, handing out their judgment to this strange it all looked so familiar but so different because it's the illuminati and not the avengers so like in this universe the illuminati stops them on titan you know and in our universe like this is where where they're on titan and you've got spider-man strange they're iron man they're all fighting together the guardians they're all fighting together mantis is on top of his head and then peter quill fucks it up for everybody Mm-hmm. But in yeah, I was just thinking, there's no quill in the Illuminati. Well, and but it's cr- it's crazy how yeah, it's it, they stopped Thanos, but you've got to think now that the snap has been prevented in their universe from even happening. But you've also got to think that there's other universes out there where it hasn't happened. Thanos, I mean, there's multiverses where Thanos did win, and there's multiverses where he didn't win. Like, this is occurring all over the multiverse. We're just finding out about this. Guys, when we're watching Infinity War and we're watching Endgame, we're thinking these are, like, isolated events to, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that we had no idea that these events are playing out, although differently, in other multiverses. It was kind of fucking mind-blowing for me. It almost felt like they were the only superheroes of this, like almost like they were the 1% of this universe. Well, we do know that Sue Storm exists, and then they have kids, so there's, you know, we do know that that they have children as well, and we know, you know, their story in the comics as well. Did anyone see what Thanos was stabbed with, by the way? There was st- something sticking out of his chest. And looked I like a sword, and I couldn't yeah, make it out. Yeah, like a big-ass sword. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought tell. it was his from when he used it in Endgame. The he, double-bladed one? No, because the other blade wasn't coming out the other end, unless they oh, snapped okay. it in half. So, right, okay. Yeah, the flashback yeah, was, was such a fucking cool scene. Like, it really made me dislike the Illuminati. Um, I honestly think that's what's supposed to happen. Like... They seem so villainous for doing this, for being judge, jury, and executioner, and almost a, a selfish move as well. Like I, I'm really surprised that more people don't see them as kind of bad guys of this universe. Like I, obviously they did, they did a very heroic thing in stopping Thanos, but like, man, at, at what cost? Like, there is there no chance of redemption for the? I understand Doctor Strange destroyed like all of everything in a universe, but. Oh, it still seems so harsh. Like my I, attitude was, they they get what they get when Wanda was doing her thing. I do, yeah, I do, sure. I do feel like it was all Reed. I think they're all following Reed. Like his logic just brought them to that conclusion. Because even watching this, there's the point in time where Professor X is telling Mordo that you know, um, or Doctor Strange that like you know, if anything happens, get America Chavez out of here. It's almost like I agree. it's almost I agree like with that, Brian. it's almost like Professor X does see the good in him, but like I think even Professor X kind of like lets the 
um, majority kind of decide. And I feel like that majority was led by Reed Richards and him just using logic that, yeah, this is the only way to stop this. And we've got to kill this Doctor Strange. There was like, no, let's look for a solution to get the Darkhold out of him. We're just seeing like this version of Doctor Strange infected with the Darkhold down to his fingernail fingertips being blackened, <laughs> mm. just like we saw, you know, the blackened fingertips of Agatha, the blackened fingertips of Scarlet Witch throughout this movie. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just love that aspect because, like, in the comics, all the different alternate reads are more often than not bad guys for that exact same reason that they they go by logic more than they go by, like, humanity and common sense in a lot of situations. There's tons of evil reads out there in the multiverse in the comics, and I, I felt like this was another one of them. Like, he, he wasn't the greatest guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they definitely set the Illuminati up to be villains. And I feel like there's stuff they do in the comics, too, that's downright villainous. You know, like stuffing Hulk in a rocket and sending him off into space. And Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, totally mind wiping Captain America and still going along with their plans to uh-huh. do whatever. You know what I mean? To sacrifice other worlds and stuff like that. A hundred percent, Joe. Yeah. Whenever people start talking about the greater good, shit gets shifty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, because you're not going to convince Cap to go along with, like, these evil plans. So, yeah, what did they do? They fucking mind-wiped him and said, well, you're out of the Illuminati. Yeah, they never would have. Like, and it's kind of surprising that Captain Carter went along with that plan because you would never think in a million years that Steve Rogers would be like, yeah, let's just take out this person on our team. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I understand that they're coming from this angle of, well, he caused you know, this other universe to completely wipe out. And so he's responsible for the deaths of, you know, trillions of lives. And Strange doesn't put up a fight, but I just don't think he's in an emotional place to be able to do so. I think he's still literally right then and there, like suffering from the repercussions of what he did. So I, he just kind of resigns to it, but I, I, you know, it's so rough. (sighs) Yeah. You know, it makes me wonder because they cut that scene from or I should say they cut that line from the uh, movie where he's like, things just got out of hand. But he does tell them that to the Illuminati. So I was just thinking like, you know, what you were just talking about, like he's he's got shame. You know, he just can't he can't look him in the eye. He's just like willing to accept it because he knows how bad he fucked up. And he did come to them and be like, "Uh, guys, things got out of hand. You know, he's accepting his fate. Yeah, it's a great scene. I love it establishes Black Bolt, too, for people that obviously a lot of people probably didn't watch the Inhumans. <laughs> so they, they don't really know who this character is. Jake, that is so funny because like my wife like clapped when Black Bolt came on screen. I was like, how do you know him? <laughs> it's because you watched the show. I was like, what? Oh, wow. So my question is, if this if the 838 Earth 838 this Doctor Strange created an incursion because they know what an incursion is and he created an incursion. That means that another world, another Earth was headed towards their Earth at one time. So are we led to believe that they destroyed that Earth? They went to war with that Earth and destroyed it? Yeah, I, I, I think that kind of thing is very possible we'll break this down like the guys that would do that i wanted i wanted to just bring that up here i'm gonna break down incursions for you guys a little bit later when we really get into like the mid-credits stuff but i I did want to bring that up here that it sounds like this 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 earth 838 started this dr strange started an incursion and that's the collision of two universes 
And I so, hope somewhere Jonathan Hickman's getting paid. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, like, if we remind me of Hickman's Secret Wars, if we know anything about Marvel, he's not. He got a check for six hundred bucks. It's like, hey, uh, well, we'll talk more when we talk about the post credit. But yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, now they're getting ready to pass judgment on our Stephen Strange, and it sounds like you know they're just going to do what they did with the other Strange, and um, this is where Wanda Maximoff shows up. And um, she starts just laying waste to Ultron bots. And, like, it's funny, like, I, I, the, the, the audio, the, the, the sound in this is awesome. Because, like, when you hear the Ultron bots walking around earlier, like, on the ground, like, it's like these very heavy clunks, like, clunk, clunk, clunk. And they, you got, they got some fucking weight to them, you know, probably made of vibranium or whatever. And as Wanda is, like, crushing them and you're watching it on the camera and you hear the sounds of her crushing them, they sound like tin cans, like they're nothing. And I was just yeah. like, that is fucking cool. She is just laying waste to them. And this is a Wanda that's dream walking into the 838's Wanda. And right. uh, I, I just thought the I, I appreciated this uh, kind of battle here a lot more than I did uh, the Comitage battle, honestly. Yeah, I thought Raimi made a really smart choice, too. Um, the movie's not rated R, so he can't douse Wanda in blood. So instead he douses her in the Ultron oil to get her all messed up. And I thought that was really fun. Yeah, it was close enough to blood, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just kind of felt like that's what it was. Like you had to kind of rewind back and me- remember like, oh, that's all the Ultron goo that she got all over her from shredding them all over the place. She kind of looked go. like uh, Carrie, you know? Oh, yeah. oh, I got mm-hmm. Carrie vibes as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the horror bits in this scene were just incredible. Um, you know, with her just constantly stalking through in the darkness, seeing her eyes glowing and her covered in, you know, what looks like blood. And, you know, I, I, I think it really culminated in that the the Professor X scene where where he oh. goes into her mind. And I mean, that that jump scare there was very well placed. That so was a- I, the the best, I think. And not to like skip too much ahead, but that tunnel scene is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Where she's like rolling around like a zombie, living. Yeah, she looked like a zombie. Mm-hmm. It was That's perfect. Awesome. Well, it's, I, she, to me, she was like lumbering like Michael Myers. Mm. It's like this this slow this slow but threatening walk. Like our heroes could run, and all she needs to do is just like walk like a zombie Michael Myers, and like they they try to seal all the doors and that wasn't containing her strange tries to drown her and it's like nothing they can do can even slow her down right that scene looked really awesome in 3d just seeing like that corridor Mm -hmm. looked really cool that i want to talk about the deaths of the illuminati that we see here like we do know that baron mordo is just kind of like trapped in that pit i guess he can't jump out like strange did um <laughs> well he he catapulted off of mordo to to jump he, you know he wall jumped I, yeah he Before did like a little those special boots he's got those magic boots that let him yeah but he's still he got the bracelet the he's got too? he's got the bracelet on though ah that's oh, right okay yeah yeah he's got the bracelet on so it's not he can't use this magic so yeah um 
But uh, yeah, he, they, Doctor Strange does like a fucking Prince of Persia move and bounces up out of there. Um, <laughs> I mean, we get we, yeah. we get the uh, we get the death of uh, of Reed Richards, which I just like the just. Just when Wanda looks at him and says, you know, he's like, I, you know, I've got kids myself. And she's like, is their mother still alive? And he says, yes. And she says, good. There will be someone left to raise them. It's the coldest quote. <laughs> oh, my God. And then it just turns into like her shredding him, like putting him through a paper shredder. And then his head just kind of pops and he's gone. The final pop of the head. The is best. Me. The best. <laughs> And I, I was I was thinking because like John Krasinski's kind of got a big noggin, so like it's it, it popped. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they cast him. They're like, we need somebody with a big Charlie Brown head. Who's got a cis like head? <laughs> Too bad he didn't give the camera one final oy vey moment before his head popped there. Shrugs a little bit and then, yeah. and then dies. People that love those Dr. Pimple Popper videos loved this scene. Oh. <laughs> Everybody gets something out of this. But, um, I mean, Zinsky, you look like a baseball on a string. Get in here. <laughs> string. He looks like a fucking Tootsie Roll pop. Um, so he does the same trick with uh, Ash, and I think I think it's Army of Darkness that he does with Black Bolt too, where you do the pan back, and all of a sudden his mouth is sewn shut. Yeah, it's like the exact same gag. Oh man, I've always been creeped out by like um, the mouth kind of just having skin over it, like when it happened oh. to happened to mm-hmm. Neo. Was it Neo? Was it Neo? Yeah, yeah. yeah that like always kind of like that visual always kind of like freaked me yeah. out. Did it, you ever see the Twilight Zone, Brian? The Twilight Zone movie. Yes. Yeah. It's, yes. It's a good shit to me. That that seriously fucked me up as a child. Cause, no doubt. Yeah. Well, because it's not a it's not a close up because in the Twilight Zone movie, the girls, the, the bottom half of her face is obscured by the TV. It's when the camera moves up and you can see over it. And she has no ma- and her eyes are wide. It's a, yeah, of all the things in in that that movie, like that part, yeah, just and, and that was a movie of mind fucks. Yeah, especially if especially for a child. Oh, I remember watching that as a kid and just like, oh my god, I can't believe this other kid is doing that to his mm-hmm. sister. It is insane. But yeah. um, there is. Uh, then we get a battle with Captain Carter. Uh, I can do this all day until you slice me in half. Um, yeah, she gets sliced in half and they show the blood dripping off of her shield. And, uh, yeah, she's dispensed of pretty quickly. Um, I mean, not as quick as Reed Richards and Black Bolt, but she's dispensed of pretty quickly. Um, Captain Marvel puts up more of a fight, but she's still crushed by... A statue. That was that was included in the in the leaks. There were two ways that she would die, and one of the reason one of the ways that she would die was being crushed by like a wall or a statue or something. Uh, and unlike the links, there was no Balder the Brave in this. So um, and no Magneto or Deadpool. Some of the leaks were even saying Magneto or Deadpool were going to show up here, and that didn't happen. But I didn't miss not having Balder the Brave, so I was totally fine with that. Um, 
Oh, that was one of the ones listed where I was like, okay, yeah. I guess we're going to yeah. see Balder the Brave. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so when he <laughs> wasn't there, and, you know, instead it was Black Bolt, and, you know, and, and everyone else we got, I was a-okay. I do want to talk about um, Professor X here, the death of Professor X. Um, I That whole mind meld where he's in her brain and... And, you know, we see the him walk through the door. He's dressed like he's Steve Jobs about to tell everybody about the new Apple product that we're going to love. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the rubble that that Wanda is in, I believe that that is representing like the aftermath of the bombings in Sokovia from when she was a child. Yeah. The same bombs that were developed by Tony Stark that we saw her trapped in when she was a kid and she's staring at the Tony Stark bomb. Um, and then we saw the TV playing, you know, look like episodes of WandaVision in black and white right outside of it. And, you know, Charles is trying to pull her out of the rubble. He believes that if he can free her from the rubble, he'll free her from, you know, the Darkhold, from Cathan. And, uh, yeah, we get that amazing neck snap, which that also was in the in the leaks that she was going to snap his neck. Man, that part was so freaky. And the way that they did her face to make her face look demonic also. Yeah, the visual was so yeah. good right there. Yeah. That's going to be another good freeze frame. Yes, I was just about to say that. That was That's part of the big reason why I wanted to see this again so soon is for the Xavier scene. Because there's so much to take in with just all of that. Like the sirens going off that could kind of sound like the Sokovian alarms or whatever with the city falling down and everything. I just, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. That's a, um, Oh, uh, yeah. So they, the battle in the corridor and then the leak said in order to open the, uh, the door to get to the gap junction, the space between worlds, which is basically kind of like where all the multiverse kind of like connects. And that's where the book of Ashanti is stored. Um, the leak said that it was Palmer's bracelet that would open the door. And we find out in this that Palmer's wearing the watch from the Doctor Strange that she gave, that she gave to, uh, to Steven in her universe. And it's that watch that opens it, which I, I really thought that that was a cool kind of um, thing to kind of play in here. That even this Doctor Strange, you know, um, loved this Christine and... It was like her gift that was, that opened the store. I, I I thought that that was really cool. Good touch. Yeah, I dug it too. I'll give the leaker full credit still too. You know, bracelet, watch, tomato, tomato. I he was clo- <laughs> he was close enough. You tell me what time it is and look at your bracelet, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the idea of what it was was basically dead on, right? It was a a, a momentum. <laughs> I know. I'm just fucking around, man. <laughs> yeah. So they uh. uh um, so yeah, they enter the, I, what did you guys think about the aesthetic of, uh, the gap junction? Did, did it remind you of kind of like the, um, what did they call it in Loki? It was like the, oh, I can't remember what they called that place in Loki. It was kind of like where we, where we eventually met he who remains. Oh, I, I can't remember what it's called too. either. I have 27 yeah. people on this podcast that nobody remembers. 
<laughs> that was back in July, man. Chill out. I thought it looked a little like the Dark Dimension until I saw the Dark Dimension later. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what cleared it up for me too, Greg, is when you actually see the Dark Dimension later. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It looked like a level of Mario Kart. The Citadel at yeah. the end of time. The Citadel at the end of time. Yeah, it kind of reminded yeah, me of. Right off the tongue. It reminded me of that. <laughs> Well, what so, a perfect name! <laughs> oh man, yeah, but I, I, I felt really bad for like uh, the Wanda that like once she jumps out of her, and then there's you've got that Wanda that's just kind of like left there, like oh fuck, like, well fuck, <laughs> and then Why she wet? and then she leaves the goddamn door open. Right, <laughs> born, in a, born in a barn. Yeah, I was. I was bummed. I, I thought we were going to get a Disney Plus series on stranded Wanda trying to get out of that. It would be six episodes of her just trying to work her way out with nothing. <laughs> and then she remembers she can fly. Um, At that point, I wasn't sure if this multiverse's uh, version of Wanda even had magic. Yeah, for sure. We didn't really get to see that until. I mean, honestly, later on. When she's like trying to defend her kids, you see, you see her kind of doing the reds. Didn't they say well, we that, see, that? We see it right here. She flies away. Did were we led? Well, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, she flies away. Were we led to believe that this was a Wanda that left magic behind her? Because like in our universe, oh, yeah. you know, Doctor Strange meets with Wanda in the orchard, and you know, he, she's basically saying she left magic behind her. So I was kind of thinking that this Wanda just like left the magic behind her and was just taking care of her kids and raising a family. That's the way I read it too. Yeah. Same. Yeah, let's talk I guess let's jump into, you know, Sinister Strange and the whole music battle. Um <laughs> Quentin, talk to me, man. I okay, so um was it you, Greg, that said like the MC like this is one of your favorite MCU oh, man, battles? It's- it, I have to think, I mean, look, this is a new toy, but when I think of great battles in the MCU, elevator battle, this is in that category. You know, it feels like it's up there for me, at least. Right. I, I'm going to I'm going to say that, like, a lot of it was super cool. And I think it was really just uh, and this is kind of going off with everything, but I'm a huge Danny Elfman fan. I've loved everything he's done. Um, he's crazy, crazy good. And he does such a wonderful job in this movie with just scenes in general. Um, I know that this is totally kind of off topic. I'm going to get back to that. Um, When they're on the roof and they're looking at Defender Strange for the first time, just like to establish that that character's there, the music that's going on in the background is just so great. And it doesn't even have to be, you know? And you can say that with all of Danny Elfman's music. He just goes above and beyond. And in this scene in particular, I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell am I watching? You know, like they're using music as combat. And it's literally just Danny Elfman flexing the whole time because he has the power to. And it really worked for me. And I'm really glad that it was used. It It's still was just super weird. I'm, I'm curious to see what, what else everybody else says. Um, if I'm alone in that, it was just like, it kind of took me out a little bit. 
No, nobody talk, please. That Perfect. that would be yeah, the no, this, this would this, this would be the worst time ever for anyone to say anything. So I'm glad that we all, as a collective, decided to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I have this thing where I, I talk see. over people three times and then I stop, and I think I'm on four now. So I was just right. waiting for someone else to talk. So I, I see a hole right here, and I'm going to insert myself right into said hole. That's what she said, right? Fill up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fill it in, man. Fill it in, Phil. Right. Uh, with the music battle, I loved how he was changing the soundtrack. Like, it wasn't just that they were mm. musical, like, sound effects that were playing. It was a f- the soundtrack changed with everything that they hit, like, with the harp. Oh, um, yeah. I mm. think, I th- I'm not sure, because, again, I only saw it once, so I'd have to go back. But. I feel like the first wave of I forget which strange did it was Beethoven's fifth. Yeah, with the music when scene. he hits with the dun 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 dun. Yeah, and it changed again. It changed with the soundtrack, and like it was really really meta how like these two strangers two stranges were fighting, and even the music of the movie is changing accordingly. Right. I wish I could yeah, read yeah. sheet music to see if like w- if it's matching. You know, it's not. It's, it's not. not. Okay. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that was another thing, and I'm not trying to like impose on just knowing a little bit about music here, but I mean it is my job. But like, yeah, I was the whole time. That's also what took me. I was like, those notes don't add up. <laughs> you know, but like it was still fun. You know, hey, Quentin, were they actually notes? I was wondering that. It was there were some weird ass notes like obviously people can transcribe in different ways of what they what they view notes to look like. But I mean, with the Sinister Strange, his notes looked like no, it did not look natural in any way. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, but it still looked great. I really love this sequence. Uh, Don't they call the thing a clef that holds the notes? Like, I thought that was really smart, like making like the the staff. Yeah, the the, the purple staff and like him pushing it back. That is the shit. I was like, this is so intensely awesome. But yeah, it was crazy. I loved how they added that, too. So I don't know. I'm I'm of two minds with this. Like the music geek in me is like, what the fuck? But at the same time, I'm like, this is awesome. You know? Yeah, it was my favorite fight scene in the movie. And I'd never seen anything like it in in any other film and i I love the way that they wrapped up you know that you'd actually hear music when it was going on um i don't read sheet music so i had no idea that that stuff was wrong and (laughs) to tell you the truth that's kind of a bummer because it's like really you couldn't you couldn't coordinate with one musician I mean, Danny, Danny, Danny Elfman fucking Elfman. Fucking know that. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That part is a little disappointing, but yeah. I'm not. I, th- that's a nitpick that I can easily right. ignore because everything else in that scene was so unique. Yeah, I'd never seen anything like it before. I loved it, I loved it when Strange got hit. And it was a very Raimi visual when you saw like the different like Strange's kind of like splitting off. It was like a yes. gong. Yeah, it was like a gong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it makes me wonder, was that a Sam Raimi decision or, like, Elfman, you know? I, I, I feel like that's, Raimi. that's Raimi, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's I, on par with what you guys seen. Like I said, I'm not as familiar with all this stuff, so that's why I was asking. It doesn't really bother me that it wasn't the actual sheet music. You can tell they did it more on a, on a visual type of thing where the, the visuals happening were influenced influencing the Danny Elfman score more so than they were trying to get it exactly scientifically correct. 
So oh, hell yeah. It, it oh, didn't yeah. really bother me. I, I got what they were doing, and I thought it was great. Another part, Quint, not everyone reads music, but we all got the point. Another yeah. part that I liked musically that they did in this, and I'm sure Quentin will agree with this one, is when they first showed Wanda performing the Dream Walk, and you got like that funky kind of like it was almost like the music that you think like the Manson girls were listening to when Charles got them all fucking psychedelic and shit. You know, it was just like, mm. oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That montage music was fantastic. It was like this groovy kind of like I was just like, this is and they're showing things going on in the background. And I'm just like, this is just this is fucking crazy. I loved it. It reminded yeah. me of the craft. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I recently watched that, and that's immediately what it reminded me of. And it's also funny because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Mordo explaining like what she was doing to get to them, or was that was that Wong? I believe it was. Wasn't it Wong? Or no, it was Wong. I believe was it Wong? Or no, I thought it was Wong. Doing they, the they, yeah, it was Wong. It was Wong. Wong okay. was talking about how before that he was talking about how the Scarlet Witch can change reality. She's very dangerous. Yeah. Damn, there goes my theory of like while Strange and uh, America are drinking the tea, this music's going on in the background, you know, like uh, it's getting psychedelic. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's a good point to for us to talk to. Um I know we're not trying to talk over one another, but I do have to call out the the silences when when they do happen. Um, Yeah, I I guess I I guess let's jump to the part where, you know, oh, what did you guys think about the uh, 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 Cathan's? demon henchmen i when i first watched it it, it, these are the creatures that really reminded me of like the the dark creatures that we saw in the shazam movie oh totally (laughs) yeah Yeah. they look look like man thing well they look they looked very um uh lovecraftian yes yeah to me you know very cthulhu and and uh lovecraftian and just huge um and I guess they I guess they were just chilling on that on Mount Wondergore for the past, you know, thousands yeah, of they years. They must just wait and yeah. anybody who shows up that isn't the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> I honestly the first time I watched it, I didn't notice the the carving behind them of of Wanda. You know, and I know you can see it before they even like zoom in on it, but I didn't even notice it until they actually wanted you to look at it when she was standing on the throne. So yeah, same. I was so thrilled that they actually name dropped Cathan in this because you know it's yeah. something we've been talking about ever since WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And sa- same with Mount Wondegore that they finally brought that into it. Um yeah, I was I was really thrilled about that. Yeah, it was really cool to find out that like, you know, the that Mount Wondegore holds like the original inscribings of the Darkhold on the walls that were then trans, you know, transferred onto like the book that we saw her using at the beginning. But they've always been there in order to get rid of the Darkhold completely. You got to destroy Mount Wondergore. But that makes you think that there's Mount Wondergores on like every multiverse because we know the Darkhold exists in every universe. But and how did Wanda destroy them all? How did she destroy yeah, all just copies? Throw that in as a line of dialogue yeah, later. But yeah. how? Like, oh, she destroyed him in every multiverse. But you raise a good point. She seemingly only killed that castle. 
in 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 the uh, what would have been six one six. Yeah, it's funny. It doesn't make any sense, but my mind was like, wait, did she dreamwalk and somehow simul? But that that would be impossible, right? Right. The well, I was the Wanda in eight three eight used Chavez's powers to throw Chavez directly into our Wanda in our universe. But our Wanda never fully had the powers of America Chavez ever. So I didn't know how. Maybe I'm just getting too dorky with this shit. But it just yeah. made me wonder how she was able to destroy every Darkhold in every multiverse. It's definitely I, I, a plot hole. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you are left to assume that she had to do all this really quick while that was crumbling down around her, I guess. Or that she was doing it when everybody thought she was dead, you know. It's funny. I mentioned I have nitpicks. There was a scene right before this kind of climactic battle where Wong is talking to Wanda and he's like, what? Why didn't you just have like America take you? To, why didn't you just force her to take you there instead of and, you know, Wanda talks about like, well, then I have I can get medicines for the kids and stuff like that. I was watching that and I'm like, did that like was that feedback from again, like a test screening or something? And they had <laughs> yeah. to include that. But that was one of my nitpicks is it felt like more than a couple times they had to explain what the audience was likely arguing regarding the plot and the logic of the plot, you know? And that was, to me, the most glaring example of it. There's a lot of that stuff. Like, I don't think the movie does a 100% great job of, like, explaining what incursions are, what causes an incursion. I want to talk about all that later, but I think it has its problems there. I think... If I just gave this a Tupperware based off of it being like a horror movie directed by Sam Raimi set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's it's fantastic. But I think there's a lot of problems with trying to explain things that are going to be happening later on down the road that this movie didn't explain or maybe got wrong. And they'll find ways of correcting that later because they always do. But. I was just, I was left with some questions about some of the rules of the multiverse. So yeah, I do have a I do have a question, and this goes to everybody if if they want to talk. Um, just about Cathan, uh, is he in any way a part of any multiverse stuff, or is he just like the evil or whatever when it comes to dark dark hold and dark magic and all that? He's the first demon that. Basically, he made the temple. He scribed the walls with the the, the dark hold, and um, in this movie, there was the throne that was created and prophesied it prophesied the Scarlet Witch, and I think that's really it quentin i don't that that's just on me not knowing like i just didn't know who Cathan was. you guys have mentioned it, him before like, but that it's a no like i it's like saying gobbledygook like i don't know I, who that is yeah you know? i've always felt like Cathan is to the dark hold as like sauron is to the one ring like similar yes. yeah oh, yeah oh okay mm-hmm. so like there's origins with just what he okay i i thought there was something with like the multiverse like there were other Cathans and like we had to worry about those or anything. So that that's on me. I just didn't know. I mean, we don't know. We don't. I mean, if we can assume there's other Thanoses and other multiverses, not even assume we know. I mean, there could be other Cathans, but destroying the Darkhold in every universe kind of like negates 
you know, those inscribings are gone. So right. But like it, this was the only thing, the only temple or whatever. Like that, I, I feel like that's that's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's too much to ask, though, Quentin. Like, I, I trying to figure out if there's other wonder gores. Like, and if if there are, our Wanda destroyed them because right. she destroyed the Darkhold. But like, can we really say the Darkhold's gone? Are, Go ahead. If there aren't other Wonder Gores, that explains how she was able to destroy every Darkhold in every universe. Like, that would be an easy explanation for that, if that were the case. That's what yeah, I was thinking, Jake. They should have yeah. said something, like, maybe put in a bit of dialogue saying that 616 was, like, the prime universe or something like that. So that, you know, it was the only universe that... But that doesn't make sense, though, because there's multiversal versions of the Darkhold. So that means there would have to be... Mount that Citadel and Mount Wondegore in every one of those universes that has a Darkhold. Yeah, I didn't has mean to, to an, an, like open this can no. of worms. I like I seriously was just curious about Cthulhu, but you guys raised some good points. No, there's a version of a demon in every universe that creates the Darkhold. That's, I mean, I don't we don't know if it's Cthulhu in every universe. Like, it could be who's dropping pennies over there. I'm so sorry, that was me. <laughs> Wait, I thought you, someone rolled dice. Dan, dance over there. <laughs> Dance over there. Moving a piece of Give paper. Dance sewing a button on his shirt, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> ah, Butterfingers over here. Mistakes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Yeah, it's all right. Why couldn't you have done that when it was completely silent, man? Huh? Drop the dice. <laughs> um. No, that's a great... Actually, that's like... Quentin, you're asking questions that are just fucking our brains up right now, so... <laughs> it I d- is a plot hole in this, though. It's, it's a plot hole. You know. is how she was able to destroy every Darkhold in all the multiverses, because that I just don't know how you're able to access the other multiverses without dreamwalking. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. yeah. Because right. she would have had to have destroyed that Citadel in every single... Yes, in every single reality in the multiverse. Yes. For, for that to pan out. We saw the book, uh, you know, we saw the Darkhold in, in the universe with Sinister Strange. We saw that one just kind of like burn up in front of us. And it's like, okay, well, how did that happen? How did that get done? And yeah, they, right. we just get like this one offline that she destroyed all. Yeah, she destroyed them all in every multiverse. So it's, <laughs> well, okay. in the comics too, oh, the Darkhold is indestructible because Cathan wrote it on like, uh, parchment that could never be destroyed, and so I, I thought it was a little interesting that they destroyed it. But I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm along for the ride with the plot of this. Well, but but man, when you talk about taking out all of them, I was like, shit, I hadn't even considered that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just took it as like, and this would be the last time last time I say anything about it. Um, I just really took it as she didn't die because we don't see like a funeral or anything for her. like it's just she's crumbled under there. She gets out. And she's stuck in our universe or whatever, but like she can take them out one by one or whatever. Like she's doing that. And that's why I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to help this movie. Yeah, out. you're taking some leaps there, dude. It's like <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. I feel like what happened uh, was something that the movie didn't address and we're just supposed to believe that Wanda simultaneously destroyed all the Darkhold books. And I also think that we've spent 15 minutes 
<laughs> on this, and we need to fucking move on. Too bad Strange didn't know that spell. You know what I mean? That would have ended this movie real fucking fast. <laughs> Darkholds just gets rid of them, you know? Uh, yeah, so, like, uh, yeah, yeah, let's just talk about... Uh, Oh, Wong has some really cool shit happening to him here. I liked how he fucking um, used that knife to kill that uh, freaking demon. I thought that that was badass. And then, of course, like our strange, you know, in the in the sinister strange universe, then dream walks into the dead Doctor Strange and then the souls of the damned are the ones that are atta- they're attacking Christine. Christine fights them off and then Christine basically says, you know, you're the you're the um mystic master of the mystic arts. You're the master of the mystic arts. Use them to control the spirits basically and like he then takes over and controls the spirits of the damned and then turns them into his fucking cape and then flies. It, it was so awesome. <laughs> By the way, that <laughs> best thing ever. That- that shot in 3D, Chef's Kiss. That was oh. it was cool. And when, Gorgeous. When he flies, it's not like when we saw him earlier in the movie when he jumps off the building and he's going to fight and he's gliding, flying to 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 fight Gargantos. This looked like a fucking big lumbering dragon from Game of Thrones, kind of like yes. flopping and flying all over the place. It just looked very herky jerky, and it looked dope as fuck. And he's, <laughs> oh, and man. I'm just like, in this moment, like we've seen Wanda just fucking going crazy and going off on everybody, killing people at Camartage, killing the Illuminati. And in this moment, I'm actually scared for Wanda because Doctor. Doctor Strange looks so <laughs> badass. And I love the makeup on his face. It reminds me of, like, you know, the Deadite makeup that we see in the yeah. Army of the Dead. And yes, I totally. Absolutely. And you can see, and even the way his mouth moved when he talked and how it was just, um, it, it reminded me of Army of the Dead and the makeup that, the makeup that we see there. I, I love, I absolutely loved that visual of the souls of the damned um philip what did you think about all this man um uh, i thought the uh the souls of the damned they kind of reminded me of um <clears throat> uh remember the original clash of the titans with yes. the stop motion yes um yeah yeah ray, Har- ray harryhausen so it looked like it was stop motion that had some cgi smoothings um, and that was another thing that was like very recognizably Raimi. And yeah, Brian, same thing as uh, echoing what you said. Like after seeing the entire movie up to this point of Wanda basically either shredding or liquefying everyone who stands in her way, this is the one time we're just like, oh shit, I'm afraid for you now. Um, and yeah, the voices, the cackling, that was very Army of Darkness. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I thought, so they formed again. I only saw it one time. Mm-hmm. I thought they formed wings. I didn't know that they, if they form a cape, I thought that they formed like, oh, I was like dragon wings. To me, it looked like the cape, but the way that it moved reminded me of dragon wings, but it felt like it was uh, like, it felt like it was the, in, in, in place of the cape that this Dr. Strange uh-huh. had, had lost during that battle at the beginning where, you know, the gap junction battle at the beginning, that strange loses his cape. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It was like, why not have a dead 
zombified Doctor Strange <laughs> with a cape made out of the souls of the damned. Like, that's the perfect fucking accessory. <laughs> Let's not? go peacocking, well, baby. Yeah, that sounds like something Donny Cates would write. We've already gotten zombies in the MCU from, uh, from What If?, so, like, the whole idea of, like, merging the MCU with the concept of zombies is it, – it's thankfully not a new thing. Like, it wasn't – otherwise, I think it would be too jarring. But since What If already did it, it's like, okay, it's a little, little bit more warmed up to the idea. But even then, like – so so the, the Souls of the Damned, they tackled Wanda, basically, and Wong and Strange put her inside a ball – even then, she was fucking punching through, and even Wong was like, "We, we she, this isn't holding her." And it's just like, yeah. "Oh, fuck. this is even where we that, get like that was the, that was like the moment of the, of, of tr- I thought it was going to be like the moment of triumph, and she gets dragged dragged into hell or or whatever. I thought that that was going to be it, and then I see her fucking fist punch through the cages, even with the with the hands trying to. Bring, bring her back yeah. and they were just like no she this is this isn't gonna work either well this is a huge uh, moment here because like you know this is the moment where all the other strangers previously um well the one that we had seen before and we can assume that other strangers and other universes would do the same thing but we saw defender strange at this point this is where you know he takes the power of america chavez and uses it for himself and you know sacrifices her and she even comes to terms with it she's like Mm -hmm. i know that this is my purpose like she feels like this is her fucking destiny like yeah my destiny is for you to take my power and to fight her and this Doctor Strange, because of the events that we talked about earlier, the events from No Way Home, where that Doctor Strange was dead set on selling, sending those villains back to you know their respective universes to be killed, um, and Peter found another way to do it. Our Doctor Strange, because of the lesson that Peter taught him, our Doctor Strange basically gives America Chavez like a pep talk as a zombie and and this is where we get to see her fucking have the confidence to go out there and then use her powers and starts punching wanda and this reminded me as she's punching wanda and we think that she's finally going to get that final punch it reminded me of terminator 2 when sarah connor is using the shotgun to shoot the t-1000 into the molten steel it with one arm yes Yes, and but she can't get that last shot off, and so you know. Um, in but in this version, it's so fucking cool. What America Chavez does is she just transports Wanda within the eight three eight to the Wanda that has Billy and Tommy, and now Wanda sees that you know. Yes, these are representations these are physical manifestations of the children that she loved in westview but these aren't her children and yeah she's hurt their mother the children are terrified yeah and she's like i'm not a monster as she's holding out her hands that are fucking black as shit (laughs) (laughs) and i think this is kind of like i think like if there's any moment that breaks the spell of the dark hold it's a mother's yeah. love well, here to let go. Go ahead, Philip. Well, this was her Darth Vader moment. Like this was this yeah. was the, what have I done when she saw because the whole 
the whole point of of her involvement in this story, she wanted America to take her to the multiverse to be with her. And now she's finally there. Like America just said, fine, I'll take you there. And that they're they're holding the boys are also holding they're they're on the other side of the banisters, uh, holding up the bars almost defensively. Like the the imagery is that they're caged, but in a sense they're putting up their defenses. And when she sees the look of fear on on their face, and that was uh, basically what held a mirror up to her face. After the whole movie of characters either trying to be reasonable or trying to stall her, and after all of that, it took the realization of seeing the look of fear in her boy's face when they look back at her. And that was when she realized, you know, because that was 838, they, that Wanda was there, so they mm-hmm. had a mother in that that universe Mm -hmm. and i I love that that wanda kind of like walks over to her looks at her as she's like on her knees and crying and she says know that they'll be loved loved Mm -hmm. oh my god like that was Mm -hmm. yeah yeah man that was powerful that was powerful like Mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of endings like this in the MCU. And I'm talking about, you know, movies that I still love, like Avengers, where it's like the battle with the Chitari or even Shang-Chi when they're fighting like, you know, the the dragons and the demons and stuff like that. It's just like this big third act or like Thor the Dark World fighting dark elves. Like this was very personal, you know, and well, it, even sure. Sha- even Shang-Chi had the fight with him and um, uh, Wen Wu. Wen Wu, yeah. So like. Yeah, but even then, like, I I got – and maybe that was just because that was uh, an adult son with his father and this involved children. Maybe it was the fact that there were two Wandas, kind of like how uh, – I'm not jumping onto another ship, but I think one of the things that's made Moon Knight so the, – the last few episodes of Moon Knight so powerful is that it has um, Oscar Isaac – acting so powerfully against himself like with himself and uh it's not just like they they film the same actor at two different times it's like they're really interacting with each other and i feel like this i i said before like uh, elizabeth olsen does should get an oscar nom for either this or some portrayal as wanda because of moments like this like you feel the 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 defensiveness of the 838 Wanda and you feel like the sadness and ultimate defeat of the 616 Wanda and it's the same person and she's even comforting herself like she touches her own and and I think um, Mm -hmm. uh, Oscar Isaac did it too where like they they hugged each other held each other and like it, it's a testament to the special effects that you legitimately cannot tell that it's only one person filmed at two different times. Um, but it's yeah, th- this was an unusual um, uh, uh, ending for an MCU that it is not only this personal, but it hits this deep. Yeah, because like, again, even Shang Chi tried it, and Shang Chi did work. Like we do. Mm get it you know with 
um, uh, using um, uh, you know using the rings and Shang Chi uh, adopting the 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 fighting the um, fighting style of his mother, all of that stuff. And I could see it. I recognized it then. But this felt different for me. And I think it's her. Uh, I think it's her. And I think for for Moon Knight, I think it's Oscar Isaac. Um, I knew that these were power players going into this, like going into Moon Knight and going into um, uh, a Doctor Strange 2. And even still, I'm just like, this is better than it has any right to be. Um, it, it also goes back to something like this whole moment also kind of goes back to something that Greg talked about earlier, where this Wanda's life is just so tragic. Like we look at 838 Wanda and, you know, it feels like she's given up the magic. She's living with her boys. She's very happy. But like, what is our Wanda left with? A dead robot lover, you know, Mm -hmm. no kids, you know, brother's dad. It goes back to what Greg was saying earlier. Our Wanda is just so tragic. Will she ever find happiness? Is she always going to be torn? I mean, no Avengers right now, right? So she's just kind of alone. Can she find love with White Vision going forward? I know I'm jumping forward, but White Vision is made from the same body of the original Vision and now has the memories of the original Vision. It's not quite exactly the same Vision. And I know Wanda's like very much, you know, damaged and after the events here but it makes you wonder if she can find love with uh with the white vision that that was introduced in wandavision i wonder if that'll be something that'll Mm. that they'll explore you know in a future my time to shine hello was asked when we're going to see wanda next if she's going to get her own movie and my time to shine hello on twitter said that yes wanda's going to get her own movie bring it on and yeah look the, the vision thing, if it's anything like the source material, so let's just heap another tragedy. He he remembers, but he can't feel anything. Mm. Right? Mm. Now, now add that onto the pile. For yeah. Wanda, right? And it does make you think, you know, will we get Simon Williams at some point? Um, you have to wonder, but she's she is the she's like the Macbeth of the MCU. Just one bad turn after another. Yeah. Given the complexity of her character, <clears throat> excuse me, given the complexity of her character and everything that she's been through, and then like far too often we find ourselves right here complaining about the like the recent MCU movie and the villain in the movie and how we're like underwhelmed or just, you know, disappointed in general, whatever. Can we all kind of agree that she is just an absolutely phenomenal villain in the, and possibly, I don't know, man, maybe the best villain. I don't know. That's just my opinion. This, have they yeah, reached? I think Thanos still takes the number one. Yeah, I know. She's up, she's up there. Yeah, it's just the complexity of it all. You know what I mean? That's what really – and it also, yes, it's a it's the new toy thing. But I don't know. i am just been thinking about it ever since I've seen this movie. And it's yeah, just, where she's does so she, complex. Where does she rank with you, Dan? I'm curious. Like, I mean – I think right now, honestly, at this moment in time, she's neck and neck with Thanos. Yeah, I'd agree what, with that. What 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 are you use what are you using um, as a metric though? Like do you like as far as as far as like cinematic villain goes or as far as like power level? Uh cinematic villain mostly only because of her story and then it's just this movie just brought out so much viciousness in her. And that's just yeah. something that I that we just don't see in the MCU. Not to that level. You know what I Not mean? Not to that, yeah. And 
you know, she's got her, much like Thanos did. She has her her. Um, you know, she may not be she may not be right, but she definitely feels she's right about what she's going to get her MacGuffin and mm-hmm. uh, just the way she goes about it. And you know, and we've watched her grow. That's the other thing with a lot of these villains. We just get them you know, currently where they're at. And we, maybe we get some backstory, but we've watched her grow and then descend into this. And I just think that counts for something when, it, when you know, when we're dealing with like the Mickey Rourke's and the, I would say, you know, I was about to say, you throwing shade on Malekith, bro? Yeah, dude. I was going to say, I was going to say yellow jacket personally. <laughs> yellow jacket is another oh, one. No. I mean, I'm just saying, I didn't personally care for, for Mickey Rourke, but that's just me. Yeah. But you know, I'm just, you know, that's another level of villain that we just don't get a lot. And I really appreciated that. It's just weird. Like, where do we go now? Is she going to be have the redemption arc, or is she going to continue to be a villain? Uh, uh, yeah, that's what, and that's what I've been wondering too. Because you, you'd figure that they kind of did a bit of the redemption arc. So it's like, oh, here we go again. So it's a, uh, I have uh, again, I have no doubt that this character is done. Like, she is, she's too popular a character, and the actress is too good um, to let go she's coming back whether it's going to be another series or a movie or as a prominent like side character in another one she's not going anywhere but i do have to wonder like what's next like where what where are you going to go where's this character going to go from here how do you get her back on variant how do you get her back on the lunchbox yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. I mean, she is the character that nobody in the MCU wants anything to do with at this point, though. Oh, right, it, and and that makes the fact that, like, again, she has the ability to warp reality. You have this whole incursion thing, which you think is going to become more important. I have to think at some point she's going to be needed, and characters that want nothing to do with Wanda are going to have to figure out how to work with Wanda. Oh, and that, yeah. Maybe that's when we get our redemption for her. That could come in whatever Avengers 5 is or later. I mean, I I, I think it's going to be a marquee event when we finally see the end of Wanda's story and she redeems herself. I think you're on to something. Wanda actually is dead and they send America to go to another universe to bring back a variant. I don't think that's how we get her. I think that Greg's onto something with our Wanda being the one that people globally are scared of. And Mm -hmm. she's going to be the one that they have to call on to stop a certain threat. And that, that will be the only way to redeem her in everybody's eyes, especially the people that she affected in Westview. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to just say, and this is kind of towards you, Phil, this was probably one of my favorite um, third acts in any Marvel movie. It's like this this journey that this emotional journey that we go on with Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I don't know if people are going to be able to bring out the you know the cliched complaint of all oh, the third acts just you know CGI slugfest. This movie was a lot different than that. I mean, yeah. it had lots of CGI, but it, it, it was definitely done in a different way. I, I loved the way that this movie wrapped up. And, um, I really do think that, that they made Wanda probably the most sympathetic villain that we've gotten. I, I think she's a more sympathetic villain than Thanos just because yeah. the amount of time that we've spent with that her in this roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. This roller coaster that we've gone on with her. We've got you're right. We've gone with her like we were with her when she felt Quicksilver die. We were with her when she 
had to kill Vision watching him die. And then, and like even she acknowledges it in the movie. Yes. Like even that it, it meant nothing. So then she had to watch him die a second time. Then she had to watch him die. She said, kind of I had to put a hole in – I had to put a hole in his head and it meant nothing. And it meant nothing. Yeah. She and watched her parents were, die. We saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, yes, what she did in this movie, the amount of lives that she took, like absolutely peak villain, <laughs> bad shit. But when you look at the reason that she's doing it, you know, kind of like what Greg was saying earlier, you know, as a, as a parent, you, you, you know, you love your kids in this different sort of way where you, you could you could really kind of see yourself doing some villainous shit if it meant you if you were yeah. to wrap your head around it like, oh, the greater good is that I'm doing this for my children. Then, yeah, that can lead somebody down some very dark roads. And man, just what a great way to make her a sympathetic villain. I understand the anger on the internet with people being like, oh, they did Wanda dirty in this movie. But I don't think so. I think that they uh, just no. went down another layer, you know, in that, that onion. Yeah. And, and we're just well, seeing more. So, Joe, it's, are you saying that Lori Laughlin is a hero for fucking getting her kids into that Ivy League school? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> From a certain point of view. Oh. <laughs> no, it's, it's hard seeing characters you love suffer. And that's what makes for a great story you know i mean what do they want what do they want to be done with wanda at this point? like what would make them happy at this point if it's not great character that's what that's what made spider-man that's an amazing character for 60 years uh, now is his I life mean, is one shit sandwich after another not like that not like that like well, yes yeah, that's what uncle uncle ben yes but with wanda it was one life shattering like world shattering trauma after another and as far as like what would make us happy i can't believe i'm fucking saying this after all this after like seeing how like legitimately terrified i was of her especially when she was like lumbering through them uh when she was um sleepwalking or dreamwalking but it's like i just wanted to be happy and ever since i saw the end of wandavision it actually changed the end of Endgame, because that took place at the same time. And at the end of Endgame, like we see, you know, Ant Man, we see like Wakanda, um, and Ka obviously Cap's happy ending. But it's like, oh, they totally glossed over Wanda, and mm. and we got it. And I'm just like, oh yeah, well, you know, while while Prince T'Challa was was celebrating with fireworks on Wakanda, while you know, Ant Man was probably like barbecuing with Auntie and and um, and his daughter. It's like at that time that was about when Wanda flipped, like what broke into the autopsy room and held her hand up to his face and said, "I can't feel you." Like and the all ab like the absolute despair that that's got to be. So man, rough, man. Um, rough. Yeah, yeah. I. I you're gonna you're gonna get your happy ending. It's just not right now. No, I, I think I, I think they're gonna make her work a little bit more. Oh, oh, yeah. God, yes, oh yes. Let me talk. I want to bring this point up to you guys because this is an interesting. I, I, I definitely want to get to the mid credit scene, but there's something else I want to talk about here real quick. Is when we're introduced to Sinister Strange and he's talking to 
Oh, a couple things I want to talk about here. We find out, just like in the comic books, that Doctor Strange's daughter, uh, excuse me, young sister, when he's younger, died tragically. And and in this, his sister Donna fell through the ice and died. And that's something that we learned here that we didn't know about our Doctor Strange before. But also, Sinister Strange says that he had been using the Darkhold to dreamwalk and to and he asked Doctor Strange, our Doctor Strange, do you ever have that dream where you're being pushed off a building? Mm-hmm. And we find out that this Doctor Strange has been going around the multiverse and killing other Doctor Stranges. How many are left, if any, other than our Doctor Strange at this point? Oh, I hadn't spent much time thinking well, someone about that. Someone in the multiverse has been naked. Forget where. Greg, you're chopping up, bro. <laughs> I was saying someone in the multiverse can be forget. You're chopping yeah, up, Greg. You need to. Ch- you're chopping up right now. Maybe bounce out, bounce back, uh, back in because you're be chopping quiet. up. Or instead of being quiet, you can leave and come back. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but Joe, you considered that though, because I mean, Strange is such a powerful individual that it makes sense narratively that they would want to cut down the amount of them out there in play. Yeah, especially for that's a, that's a great point for future movies going forward. So it makes me believe that we might not see another multiversal Doctor Strange if Sinister Strange had basically gone around and and knocked off a lot of them. Greg, you're back. Don't speak so. Soon. Hi, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Quentin gives us the 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 Muttley laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it only happens like when, he, when, when it's with Greg. It only happens when it's with Greg and he's having problems. I love so the, it happens a lot. I love the Quentin Muttley laugh. It is so great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, are you guys? Is there anything else in this movie that you guys that I, maybe I'm even leaving out that you guys want to talk about before we get into? The mid-credit scene. Um, I have one thing. I forgot to ask it earlier. So, do you think we see John Krasinski as Reed Richards again? Given that Monica Rambo was Captain Marvel in the alternate uh, universe. Well, we saw multiple versions of Doctor Strange that all looked like mm-hmm. Stephen Strange. Right. I think it's still up for yes, we could, or it could look like a completely different version. I mean, we. <laughs> I we, kind of felt like it was like fan service and maybe dipping the toe in it, the water to see if it worked. I, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I think, too. I think it was maybe 98% fan service and 2% testing the water to see what the audience reaction is, it would be. But uh, I, I think so, too. I, I, I certainly hope so. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it's just they go with someone else. I mean, John Krasinski's career is is really, really up and running. I wouldn't be surprised if there are scheduling problems and he's just not able to commit. There's no um, scheduling to, problems if you get him to direct the Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's, exactly. The, there you a go. director's mm-hmm. not open. Um, also, oh, Kevin Feige right. has a history of not liking to recast characters. And for them to introduce Reed Richards in this movie when, yeah. you know, in 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 – we're not. It's not that long before we're going to be getting a Fantastic Four. Movie. Wouldn't it be crazy, Joe, yeah. if they cast Terrence Howard as the new? <laughs> that would be. Edward Norton would be the thing. I'm from the Fantastic <laughs> Four, man. <Yeah. laughs> it does seem mm-hmm. cool, though. Like, it, 
Doesn't it seem cruel, though, to imagine after years of fan casting, they have John Krasinski in a cameo, and then some other fucking actor like has to play that role, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Jai Courtney now has got to be Reed Richards. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was totally totally possible, man. I felt like they did that for a reason. Like, they put Monica Rambo in there, like, see, we could have different Captain Marvel, too, but... There's your John Krasinski. Yeah, I kind of like that Captain Marvel better too. It was it was um, oh shit, episode. I like her way better. It was Marie. Yeah, it like, was her name wasn't yeah. Carol. Her her name was Monica Rambeau. So I mean, she was still the same actor, no, but it, the same character. Th- this was Maria yeah, Rambeau, guys. Her oh, mother. Okay, it was yeah, it was called Maria. It was Maria the mother. Maria. Sorry, sorry, yeah. that's what yeah, I, I said the wrong name. But I, what I was saying is, it wasn't Carol Danvers. Thank God. Yeah, Joe's right. It's still the same actor playing the same character. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was the was the Black Bolt the same as I never watched the Inhumans? It's the same. It was. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Anson Mount. That's what I thought. That I, I That's what I thought. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I hesitate to ask this one only because I feel like we may have already talked about it. But did we mention how fucking cool it looked when uh, Elizabeth Olsen's crawling out of the reflection? And her body's all oh. contorting. Oh um, yeah, like it. like Penny, like Pennywise. Yes, uh, like Pennywise. It looks so good. Yeah, that was, was cool. Yeah. And that's another rainy, like classic. Yeah, and the sound effects, like you could almost, I think you could like hear bones like breaking. Yeah, I, like, I, there wasn't a lot to it, but I just felt like it should be mentioned, you know. Mm-hmm. No, it was really cool. Remember at the beginning of Train to Busan when that deer gets hit and then it kind of oh, forms yeah. back together? It reminded me of that as well. Oh, yeah, my God. that's a great callback. Um, I, uh, oh, sorry, Brian. You should be, Quentin. No, what's up, dude? I, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was a little sad that we didn't get Mordo from our universe at all. There was the rumor, yeah. Quentin. Now, that, when, I, that's when, exactly what I was going to bring up is what you were. It you makes me. About. Yeah, it makes me wonder if they cut that scene out. Now, we had talked about in our Doctor Strange spoiled episode that we recorded back in February that the that the beginning scene of the movie was going to be. Uh, Baron Mordo arriving to the cabin where our Wanda is and mm-hmm. he gets there He, I think he fires off some arrows or something at her and misses and then she ends up killing the Mordo from our universe and that's us as an audience being privy to her being Evil. Now, why did that Baron Mordo go to attack her? Because we know our Mordo is against dark magic. She's a dark magic user. She's been using the Darkhold, and our Mordo wants to basically destroy all Darkhold magic users. And so that's why he went after her. I feel like that may have been shot and may have been something left on the cutting room floor. And they felt that maybe the movie worked better with us not knowing that Wanda was for sure the villain of the movie until you get later on and then strange is surprised and they're hoping to surprise audiences as well in that moment the same moment that strange realizes it also they might have other plans for baron mordo of our universe later right on down the road so well, just think of yeah. it this way so now strange has used the dark hold doesn't that justify mordo even more to take him down especially after what wanda's done well, let's talk about – I want to talk about some of that stuff when – Am I am I breaking up? No, no. Nope, I'm just nope. 
I'm just imagining Mordo trying to like like checking off his list and like hearing Doctor Strange did what? Exactly. <laughs> like he, he's against dark magic and now fucking Doctor Strange has a th- third eye growing out of his fucking head. You know? <laughs> I just imagine that shit like going down he's like, what the fuck? I could just see him eating a bowl of Fruit Loops and watching on TV and seeing Doctor Strange with that eye and being like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Milk out, you know? It's crazy that, like, he it feels like he is the sorcerer that, like, kind of judges other people. And then he uses the staff of the Living Tribunal as his weapon, which is, like, the Living Tribunal is the ones that cast judgment on everybody. Right? Yeah, that's a cool connection. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm I don't know if it's an actual connection or if I just made that up, but it sounds cool. Um, I'm impressed. uh, I do. Are you any other things that you guys want to talk about before we jump into like the mid credits? Other than Jake asking for a break here. I know it's going to happen. I mean, I love I love that Greg gets scared now every time Quentin laughs. I was I had to mute to crack up at that. <laughs> I just assumed I was breaking up. It's just, yeah, I know. I know. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's Muttley. I love it, man. Hey, let's do this. Let's actually we will take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the mid credit scene. OK. Don't you wish there was a pop culture review site that appealed to cinephiles, both professional and casual? Well, look no further than CRPWrites.com. New content such as movie and TV reviews, film essays, and more are released every week by writers who crave for movies like every moviegoer craves for popcorn. CRP Rights is dedicated to making sure no one is wasting time or money where they shouldn't be. After all, you have to be able to buy your popcorn and eat it too. CRPWrites.com. Casual reviews with purpose since 2018. All right. Hey, we are back. And I do want to dive into the mid credit scene. Um, but I guess before I do, I, do we need to have an education? Because I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the bigger it gets and the more things that we kind of open up within the MCU like Loki opened us up into timelines and like we know there's different universes we know that you know from you know Ant-Man that and and Doctor Strange there's different dimensions and now we're in the multiverse do we need a discussion on what's the difference between universes timelines and dimensions do you think that that would help you guys a little bit it would hurt what, what, what was that? What was that robot, Greg? Oh, shit. I'm just going to go on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Greg. Now, went, oh, geez. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this applies to the MCU, but as far as like my research on um, dimensions, don't message in the ch- it makes noises. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to. I'm just going to sit here and listen to the rest of the episode. Sorry. Eat, eat, eat another buffalo chicken wrap. Um. <laughs> <laughs> His message was him trying to be on the podcast, too. <laughs> it would help me, yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we need to take another break? I. I <laughs> um. Dimensions. I've I've done some like research on dimensions, timelines, and universes, and I think I think this kind of applies to what we're seeing here. Um, a dimension 
is a natural existence that has an immeasurable property of space in itself. It is not technically physically uh, a physical thing. However, it contains all forms of matter, energy, and properties that it takes to build a universe. A dimension can exist without a universe in it, which is usually presented as a white void. Inside a universe can be created, and multiple universes can exist inside the same dimension. They are disconnected from the omniverse as well. They are also unaffected by multiverse occurrences. I find this interesting because dimensions are unaffected by multiverse occurrences, which I think is a huge deal here when we see in this mid-credit scene, it looks like Clea, when she breaks a hole through into our universe, she comes from the dark dimension. We also know that the quantum realm is another dimension. And some of the rules that apply to universes and timelines don't apply when you're in a dimension. So I I follow what you're laying down, Brian. I mean, I also like theorize that each you know, multiverse reality has their own dark dimension and their own quantum realm that are so also aren't infected by multiverse stuff. Um, I gotta be honest. I gotta smoke tons of weed to understand what the fuck you guys are talking about. Like, right. There's not just one quantum dimension. Each multiverse has its own version of the quantum dimension. Really? I would think so. Greg, I can attest. It doesn't help. (laughs) So what I'm (laughs) saying, Oh, you're talking about weed. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just being a rascal. All right. Thank you, Cheech and Chong. Okay. Moving a- along. <laughs> now let's get God into what Californians. Let's get into what a timeline is. A timeline is the natural progression of a universe from start to finish. Every universe begins with one timeline. While universes function independently from one another, an alternate an alternative Timeline cannot exist unless it is created by changing previously established events. We saw this in Loki. We saw this in Endgame. Creating a new outcome remarkably through time travel. An alternative timeline usually rewrites the original, changing how the universe continues to unfold. But previous timelines can be revisited through extra-dimensional means. These timelines all inevitably trace back to the same universe One universe timeline cannot affect another through typical time travel means, meaning if something were to change in universe A, universe B will remain the same. Uh, What is a universe? When multiple universes exist in the same dimension, they become a multiverse. Usually due to their proximity, natural events of the universes play out very similarly with minor differences between each other. These universes become parallel universes to each other. Even though they share some common denominators, these universes exist completely independently from each other, and their own events are isolated and do not affect one another. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing the basically the these universes becoming um uh we're see- we're seeing the f- we're seeing basically these mul- the multiverse is starting to kind of like um crumble be destroyed and we're seeing these universes they're getting ready to collide i'm going to break this down a little bit more i, I just think that 
you know, like when you when we're talking about variants in the Loki series, I think that variants are created by different timelines. But I don't think that that means that a different version of a character that we saw in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is a variant. I think that that's a multiver- multiversal version of yourself. So I don't know if this is clearing anything up or just fucking everybody up a little bit more. It's just there's a lot to... When we start introducing the multiverse, now that we've been introduced to timelines, I think the rules kind of change a little bit. Yeah, I, I still follow what you're laying down. I, I think that all makes perfect sense. Like, the variants still exist within that universe. It doesn't create a whole new multiverse. Yes. It's yes. a complete different thing, uh, a variant and a multiverse version but of yourself. That other u- that other universe has its own timeline. Exactly. Every universe each, has its universe. own. Yes. And those universes can br- have branch realities and create other timelines with other variants. But that, yes, it, it's like it's, it is kind of like the multiverse is just like another larger form of like the branch timelines that we see within the universe. So it starts off as a timeline within a universe and then multiple universes create the multiverse, but they've been separated because of our universe was separate from the multiverse because of he who remains. Now, when Sylvie killed he who remains, that opened us up to the events of the multiverse. That changed everything. That's how we got to see what happened in Spider-Man No Way Home. That's why we're seeing things that are happening in Multiverse of Madness. But before that, we were all 100% self-contained because of what he who remains did. It was Sylvie and Loki... You know, the events of happened in Loki when Sylvie killed He Who Remains, that opened us up to the multiverse. Am I making sense at all? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I follow it. Okay. Um, So let's talk about this. Um, The ending and the future of Doctor Strange. We know that our Doctor Strange used the Darkhold. It leaves an imprint of its power inside of him. And we see the third eye. I I mean, I, I still, I want to talk about that. Um, but I want to talk about, you know, the dark hold. Does, did the dark hold cause the insertion, the incursion, excuse me. Um, Reed Richards in this movie, when he talked about incursions, he told us what causes an incursion. He said, and I'm paraphrasing this. Um, he said, basically, while you're, while you're multiverse traveling, the longer footprint you create causes an incursion. When he was talking about, you know, traveling in the multiverse, was he talking about physically traveling in the multiverse? Or was he talking about when you're dreamwalking by use of the Darkhold? Because Sinister Strange's universe, the Sinister Strange universe that we were at, he used the Darkhold to dreamwalk into... Um, into other universes, going around looking for answers for Thanos and finds, you know, that there's the Book of Ashanti. But in doing that, he created an incursion. And 
So our strange uses the dark hold, dream walks into the two, into the dead defender strange, harnesses the power of the souls of the damned and battles the Scarlet Witch. And I think that's enough to cause an incursion in our universe. Is it the dark hold that causes the incursion though? Because Reed doesn't necessarily say, you know, using the dark hold is what causes it. He says that basically like the bigger, the footprint that you have in that multiverse, that's what causes it. He mentions nothing about the dark hold, but I honestly think he probably should have kind of clarified that. Um, I think it's one way. It's one way you can cause it. It's not the only way. That makes sense that it could be from meddling with the dark hold or physically being in that other universe. And it could be because like, okay, using the dark hold between multiverses is what we saw start the incursion with sinister strange. It's also what I believe started the incursion with our strange in our universe, him doing it to the dead defender strange hundred percent. But also America Chavez travels to multiverses and it hasn't started in an incursion. But is that because that's her power? And that's what I think. I think it's it also because there's only one of her. But exactly. But there, and there's only one of her. She has no multiversal versions of herself. One theory that supports that it doesn't have to be use of the dark hold when traveling into the multiverse is when Christine Palmer responds to Strange's comment about her staying in his universe, and she says, that would be one hell of an incursion. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't think they're going to get the Darkhold rebuilt again, right? That's never going to happen, in my opinion. And we're obviously going to have contact with other multiverses in the future. The incursions have already happened. They're already starting, though. Yeah, they're already starting because the dark hold has existed in all these universes. So I think all the universes are kind of having their own version of an incursion. We're going to see, you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm saying? I agree. The, the bleeding into each other has already begun. Yes. It this doesn't going to be like, sorry, Brian. No, go ahead. This is going to be like the shittiest analogy ever, but I got to go with it. Remember the movie time cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> Who can when forget time cop? Same if the same person from two different, in this case, timelines, like I know oh. you were kind of getting touched each other, it caused touched each other like them to blow up. That's the, I wonder if that's kind of what causes an incursion. It's like the same matter can't be in two place, one place at the same time. In the comic know? books, it was molecule man from the future going back into another going back 25 years and and I might be wrong here, but this is what I remember molecule man of the future going into the multiverse meeting a version of himself 25 years in the past within the multiverse and killing that version of himself that created the first incursion in the comics. I believe I could be wrong on some of the plot points on that, but that's from what I can remember. That's what happened. So it is two, two different versions of the same person meeting and touching, right? You know, like yeah. a paradox. Sort yeah. Of thing. It, yeah, yeah, paradox. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, what exactly is an incursion? If you go to the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki page, it says incursions are devastating events where realities collapse after two universes in the multiverse collide. In the comics, when something happens in a timeline that shouldn't happen because of a multiversal interference, it caused an incursion, um, which caused universes throughout the multiverses, the multiverse, excuse me, to collide with each universe's respective Earth as the point of impact. The incursion is the name given to the period of time in which two Earths collide. So the, and, and it lasts exactly eight hours. The first incursion happened seven years. Uh, oh, yeah, this is in the comics. The first incursion happened seven years after the first mo- molecule man was killed. Throughout the duration of an incursion, there is a short period of harmonic, harmonic alignment, which allows both Earths to exist next to each other without any detrimental effects. So it means two different realities crashing into each other. It destroys both realities, killing trillions of people from those universes. The only way to stop an incursion is by destroying one of the two Earths. If you annihilate an Earth, its universe also meets its end. However, one universe must be destroyed to prevent the other one from meeting the same fate. And so that means that Universe 616 that we saw in this movie, now that the incursion has started, it's going to end unless they stop it. This is, uh, so they need to stop this from happening, and this is why Clea shows up to help Strange stop the imminent incursion. And, yeah, and this is what I want to hear when we see an actual incursion and when worlds collide. I'm kidding. It's Power Man 5000. Someone's watching TV. No, it was Power... Jake, it was Power Man 5000. There we go. Power Man 5... Come on, Jake. Um, Sorry. But, uh, come on. You got got to give it up for PM5K. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so we're introduced to Clea here, played by Charlize Theron. This was another one of the leaks. Uh, a lot of people thought that she was going to show up early in the movie and be a part of the Illuminati. Um, she is not part of the Illuminati, but she shows up at the end in the in the mid credits here. And in the comics, she is a Sorcerer Supreme in the Dark Dimension where Dormammu is from. She has ties to Dormammu, and um, I don't know if you guys want to know backstory on her. You can. I mean. Um, she in the comics she's Dormammu's niece, and she eventually fights her own mother to become the leader of the Dark Dimension. She's been the Sorcerer Supreme on Earth as well. She's just a very powerful sorcerer. So she's also been Doctor Strange's love interest. They were married at one time in the comics, so that's a big deal as well. So like now that Doctor Strange has put his relationship with Christine Palmer behind him, he might be able to move forward 
and have an off and on relationship now with uh, with Clea. So that's interesting. But Ooh. yeah, um, <laughs> yeah he put up zero fight to leave with her. Yeah, I know. He was just like, He's like hey, oh, man, hey, let me, just, oh, let me yeah, show you this. Rebound. Yeah. <laughs> what I didn't like about what I didn't like about this is like we get a scene of him like walking around and then he fucking like at the end of the movie, he falls down and we see the eye pop out of his head. And then the next scene we see is him walking around town again. You know, just yeah, that was a little disjointed. It, you get used to it. After yeah, a while. I did. I thought right. it was. I thought it was terrible. I thought like she should have showed up, and he's still struggling with having the third eye. And she's like, you know, an incursion has started. You know, now it's like he's totally adapted to the third eye. It's almost like it's not a problem, and it's more of like a power that he can use, and he's totally fine with it. It totally took away from like I felt like was the horror. The, the horror at the third end. Eye, like mm-hmm. the. Yeah, it, it it would have been great if he was there struggling with the third eye, and because he's in New York, no one gives a fuck. People are just walking <laughs> right past him. You know? Dude, they've seen it all. Okay, exactly. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Fuck your third eye. I missed the D train yeah. today. Get out of my way, you bum! <laughs> Somebody just falls into the portal. <laughs> so, can I just share an observation? And this is probably where you're going, Brian. To me, this post credit scene is our, like, Thanos moment of this phase. Like, this phase has felt a little aimless to me so far. But mm-hmm. this is a billboard going up saying, we're going to Secret Wars. Yeah, like, that, that's, that's exactly where, where I'm going. I want I, I to get us there. This is all headed. Like, we are definitely headed towards Secret Wars. Yeah, I want to get us there. I, this is 100% we're getting to Secret Wars. Um yeah, this is this is definitely happening. Um, mm-hmm. Now, like you know, how does Clea travel to where Strange is without, you know, dreamwalking or or you know, multiverse hopping? I believe she's dimension hopping here. She's not universe hopping like America Chavez. So I think she's tearing a hole into our universe from her dimension, the dark dimension. I think oh, it, that makes sense. That's why I'm. That's why I gave everybody like the lesson on dimensions and universes and stuff because I think there's different rules. There's different rules with the multiverse with dimensions. I think she's dimension hopping here. I don't think this is her universe hopping like America Chavez. I don't think America Chavez can make her way into the dark dimension. I don't know if America Chavez can make her way into the quantum realm, but America Chavez can bounce through the uni- through the multiverse. I think there's rules, and I think, like, the movie's very confusing and doesn't lay out these rules. Hopefully, you know, Loki season two will, or a future movie will, but, Joe, you, you, you pick up what I'm putting down. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it looks like Strange will be traveling with Clea to stop the impending incursion from happening, um, meaning... Our world, Earth, and another Earth in the multiverse are now being drawn to one another and will eventually collide into one another and destroy one another. So there's going to definitely be a shot where heroes on our Earth are going to be looking out into, you know, the sky and see another fucking Earth coming right at them. And um, it's like Moonfall all over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. 
in the comics, <laughs> just like Moonfall, just like Moonfall <laughs> in the comics, uh, in the time runs out comic story. Uh, Steven finds, you know, in order to stop the incursions from happening, he finds a group called the Black Priests and they are trying to correct the destruction of the multiverse. Um, they save multiverses. They save multiverse Earths by uh, destroying Earths that cause incursions. So even in Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars run, uh, I think it was actually in before his Secret Wars run. It was, uh, I think it was in a new Avengers comic that he was writing leading up to the events of Secret Wars. Um, the Illuminati were, were trying to do this. They were trying to destroy another Earth. And one group went into another multiverse, took their Infinity Stones and brought them back to their universe only to find out that when the stones were pulled out of another universe and you tried to use them in yours, they didn't do anything. And so they weren't able, they they weren't able to use the snap to destroy the other world, which is what they were wanting to do. Um, In the comics, another Jonathan Hitman creation, the black Swan her world, this is a character that he created, her world was destroyed by the Black Priests, and she tells Doctor Strange of a way to stop incursions. And I think they're swapping out Black Swan from the comics, and they're giving that here to Clea, played by Charlize Theron. So Doctor Strange 3 is going to be Clea and Strange trying to stop incursions, but I think because of the events that happened in Loki that have led to an impending multiversal war that Kang warned us about, he said it's going to bring an all-out war, each variant trying to preserve their universe and annihilate the others. The multiversal war is the next big event after Infinity Wars and Endgame, which is going to be Secret Wars. And... We already know that the events from Doctor Strange 2 are going to tie into Loki Season 2. Michael Waldron. Oh, nice. Yeah, he confirmed this with Digital Spy. Um, He said, I mean, look, everything leads into everything, right? We've hired a couple of great directors, Benson and Moorhead. And Eric Martin has taken over as head writer for Season 2. So the creative team is fantastic. And Tom plays Loki. Uh, I said, he, there's more mischief to come. He also said, we worked pretty hard on Loki to make it as airtight as possible. But there were times when I was like, oh, shit, I wish I wouldn't have to find that so clearly. I don't know why I had to be so specific in my time travel television show about the rules of the multiverse. But I was glad that I came in with institutional knowledge of the multiverse and was able to get the creative team of Doctor Strange on the same page with me as everything on uh, as me on everything. Because, like, with Loki, that's the most important thing when you're dealing with this. You have to have a shared language of all this stuff. Otherwise, it can get pretty confusing. And then Kevin Feige this past week confirmed that it was Loki and Sylvie who started all this to begin with. He said, there's always a method to the madness, even in the multiverse. And for Marvel fans who know that Loki and Sylvie did something at the end of that series, that sort of allowed this to be possible. He Who Remains is gone, and that allowed a spell to go wrong in Spider-Man No Way Home, which leads to the multiverse going quite mad in this. So, He Who Remains... 
you know, he created the sacred timeline. And like I said earlier, he isolated and protected the MCU from the rest of the multiverse when they killed him. And the timeline started to spread. It opened the doors to the multiverse, which then leads to incursions, which can then lead to different worlds battling each other, which leads to the destruction of the multiverse itself. And that gets us to Secret Wars. And I also want to point out before I talk about what could happen in Secret Wars that this is the movie event that the Russos expressed a desire to possibly come back and direct. So that's still a possibility. If all this leads us in the next, you know, seven to ten years to get to Secret Wars, the Russos might come back and direct this one. This is oh. – go ahead. I say, that would just be so exciting. I remember them saying that and uh, giving that quote, saying that after Endgame they're done for now, but when they're ready to do Secret Wars to give them a call. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly yeah. where we're going. I think it's also exciting to imagine, you know, we have plenty of time to introduce Dr. Doom. Does he play a role in both versions of Secret Wars in the Mm -hmm. comics? Dr. Doom plays a huge role. I think you've got to swap out Dr. Doom for Kang in this version, Greg. What about both of them? We might get Dr. Doom, but I don't know if Dr. Doom is going to be playing the role that he did in Secret Wars that he did in the comics. I think I don't I think it'll be God Emperor Kang. And I think that Doctor Doom might be working with the heroes to stop him, but I don't see I I feel like Kang is the big bad here. And I think they're gonna like the movies do. The movies swap things. Like it wasn't it wasn't Hank Pym that created Ultron. It was, you know, Tony Stark. And I think that I think that's what we're going to happen here. I think, okay, let me talk about the comic run, what mm-hmm. happens. Incursions start happening and basically just destroys the entire multiverse. Um, right before reality itself collapses in the comics, Dr. Doom gets a power from a group of entities known as the Beyonders. And um, the, Be- uh, the Beyonder was actually a big deal in the 1984 uh, run of, uh, of, of the event. Um, anyway, Doc- uh, Dr. Doom saves what is left from the realities and puts them in this pocket universe that he creates, and he calls it Battle World. He's God Emperor Doom, and he rules the world. And basically, it's 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 like a it's like a final Earth that's in this pocket universe, and it's made up of like the countries are made up of former universes. So they take all the realities of former universes, and they're left on this on on this Battle World. And um, he he rules, and um, eventually the heroes rise up against him. But I think I think in this version, Greg, I I, I don't see Doctor Doom playing that role. I think they're going to give it to Kang this time. It'll be like a a Kang Emperor here instead of the the God Emperor Doom. Um, I could see it. I could see it. I, that's I I think that Doctor Doom could be involved, but I don't think. I, I think he might be working at this point in time. I think a lot of the villains will be working against 
a Kang to to put things to put things back to restore, you know, these universes. And I can see Doctor Doom helping too. the heroes at this point. That's what I was been. Sa- that's what I've been saying, Jake. Is like yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. be working with them instead of fighting against them. I, I think Doctor Doom will be trying to find a solution. I just I can't see them, Greg, somewhere like midstream. We've been working towards Kang as like the guy who we've had to fear, and then all of a sudden, like, how do you get Kang out of the picture and just swap him with Doom in this? No, I hear you. I mean, maybe it's one of those situations where Doom is working with the heroes, but you never know when he's going to double cross. You know, one of those things, especially if there are multiple villains working with the heroes, you know? Right, right. I mean, for all we know, Magneto, I I mean, I'm going to say I probably doubt it, but you never know. Well, think about how long it took for us to get a conclusion to the Thanos thing. I mean, that was I mean, we're looking at a decade, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in the works since what, 2012? Well, I mean, if I mean, it all kind of goes back to even. Yeah, I mean, that was the first introduction of Thanos. But like, yeah, I mean, everything was kind of leading up to that. And so 2012 to 2019 was when it ended. So about seven years there mm-hmm. of movies where. So, I mean, I I mean, I think, you know, this phase could could last quite a while and. Yeah, I think I think it'll be Emperor Kang if if this is where they're headed. But I think you know we might see like a multiversal team of heroes. We might see Thor's from different universes on on Battle World. We might see a that's Greg where we might get the um, you know Robert not excuse me the Tom Cruise Iron Man. We might see a version of him. You know who's fucking punching their mic over there like Rocky. <laughs> That was definitely me. I moved it. My bad. <laughs> I thought I muted myself. Oh, hit him! Hit him, Rock! Oh my God! <laughs> no, it, you know what I think is interesting too about where all this is headed, and I want to. I want to just state this realistically. It lets Marvel, in some cases, continue with the legacy heroes, and if they want to, with a major asterisk, if they want to. You can recast because you could have a variant of a particular character as all these universes get mushed together. I'm not saying they're going to recast Iron Man, but it gives them an option if there are appropriate cases in which they want to recast after Secret Wars to have some of those heroes back in place if they want to. It does, and it also gives them an option if they wanted to bring another – if they wanted to bounce Tom Holland out and bring in Miles Morales from another Earth – you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what they did in the comic. I mean, they didn't get rid of Peter Parker, but they definitely brought Miles. Yeah, they brought Miles over from um, the Ultimate Universe yeah. into the 616 comic universe. So it could, they could, I mean, if, if Sony wanted to jump in on this and, and get Miles into the MCU, I mean, I think that that would be great for them in a way to continue their relationship with Marvel because they ain't going to be making mo- money with Morbius and Craven. I I also wouldn't rule out that, you know, if you just look at the pattern, I think it's entirely possible that there's a Doctor Strange 4 and it's starring Shirley Saren. Yeah, I mean, based on what we've seen so far, I mean, she's the Sorcerer Supreme in the comics right now. And I think she's going by the name Doctor Strange. Dude, Shirley Saren is like, that's a big time get, you know, for the MCU. That's a huge get. 
We've only gotten two movies, but Cumberbatch has been Doctor Strange for six years now. It's that's a long time. Yeah, I he mean, said recently in an interview, he'd do it for another ten. Yeah, yeah. So after after a little break, yeah, I'd love for him to, if possible. It'd be great, you know. And I mean, we might even get, you know, we had an Ant Man movie, and then we had a movie called Ant Man and the Wasp. We might get a Doctor Strange and Clea movie, you know. So you're right, Greg. That's I, fine. I, I definitely see it. I, I definitely see them kind of being an item, maybe going forward in future movies together. Yeah, Mister and Mrs. Strange. I agree. That'd be cool. I'd be really into that. I don't know. I'm really looking forward to the future. And yes, it does feel like the next big event is going to be Secret Wars. And you can't, t- you can't tell me it's not going to be an Avengers level movie. So oh, I think it'll be that- more than one movie. Just, just like like the Infinity War Endgame, right? It's going to be big. Should be. Is this? Is this for phase the ending of phase four? Or this is this like the next big thing to like phase five or six? I think we're in maybe five or six by the time we get to Secret Wars. I okay. agree. That's Indeed what I was thinking. Five. But I mean, we we this is our. I mean, counting the Disney Plus shows, this is like our eleventh property in phase four. Is Doctor Strange too? I don't think that yeah. matters. Just like there used to only be one Marvel movie a year and then it became two and then it became three. Now there's more movies per phase. I, I don't think any of that matters. It doesn't have to line up. Each oh, I phase know. Not, not saying that. To an amount of movies. I, I just know we're getting a lot of content and it's great. Yeah, I love it. So do we get um, do we get the X-Men before or after Secret Wars? Before, before we gotta get it before. I wondered, like, is Avenger? Is there some version of Avengers versus X Men that's like a a battle in Secret Wars or something like? I that? I think it's like that'll definitely happen. We all fight against them, and then now we've got a now the X Men have to live in a world. You know, maybe these X Men are coming over from like another multiverse, and now they've got to coexist. And Please not so, the Fox universe. Please not the Fox universe. No. <laughs> but It'd yeah, be cool if they like dedicated a whole phase to the like mutants, the mutant, like a mutant phase five phase or whatever. Well, it does explain why, like, if you have mutants come from another universe, it explains why they would be feared and hated when you've had super people running around for fourteen years now in the MCU. Well, you know what I mean. And, and it, it, it would also explain um, part of Magneto's backstory because uh, y- I understand that mutants age slower, um, but Magneto was a child of the cons- of, a, of the Holocaust, and there's only so far into the future where you can go where that would still be possible. Um, so them being from another universe. I mean, I think even um, Strange said something about the 60s to Reed Richards. So it's like, well, he said he heard the name Fantastic Four and he said, didn't you chart in the 60s? Didn't you chart in the 60s? Yeah. 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 I took that as like the only reference to the fact that he was really into music in the last movie. They like forgot that whole part (laughs) of his character other than that one line. Oh, yeah. Where he fucking he guessed the Chuck Mangione song in the. Oh, that's okay. Oh, feel so good. Yeah. yeah, you know what? That music fight makes a lot more sense now. Uh see, it all fits now. It oh. all fits. It all fits. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, introduce the X Men, guys. That's all I got. I, we definitely are going towards 
Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is exciting. So I don't so know. Exciting. I, I I enjoyed that mid credit scene for like what it implies, you know, strange going into the dark dimension. I like how I like that. I, I, I just didn't. The way it went from him on the street with the eye and then immediately the next scene is like him walking in the same streets and he's just totally <laughs> fine. I was yeah, like, that, yeah. take, that takes away from like the weight of like what we had just seen. So my question, I guess, final thing I want to talk about is, has he found a way to kind of like balance the the dark hold magic that's been imprinted on him? Because I mean... We also know that the ancient one was using dark magic to extend yeah. her life, so she was able to find a way, I guess, to to balance things. Or does the bill st- still come due? Like Baron Mordo warned Doctor Strange back in the the first Doctor Strange movie. I think the bill will still come due. I, I think he probably attempted to try to heal it, but couldn't, and then was just forced to embrace it. I, just out of necessity, he had well, no other choice. But even, I, I think the bill. Even Wong asked him at the end when they're back at Kamartage, like, you know, how are you feeling? You know, after you know the dark hole, do you use the? And he's like, oh, I'm I'm fine. Everything seems to be fine. He, there was no kind of like. And maybe at that point he thought he was fine up until that fucking eyeball popped out of his fucking head. <laughs> I think so. I think that yeah. was that, that body horror scene was the first he knew of it, too. Hmm. Right. You know how we said, like, uh, well, I said, I, I think Wanda will get a happy ending. I don't think Stephen Strange will get a happy ending. At a uh, massage I, parlor? Like <laughs> 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 $15. <laughs> Doctor Strange 3 in the rubber tug. Oh my, yeah. (laughs) Don't worry. That'll be his bachelor party before he gets married to Clea. I'll I'll send you. He's in the jack shack of ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll give you. I'll I'll give you a rub and tug that's out of this universe, Doctor Strange. Hey, you want to dark hold my dick for a second? <laughs> he's getting a, she's he's getting a hand job with the sling ring on and a little uh, opening up behind dude, his dick. Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm just like, what kind of portals would like a the sling ring on a hand giving a hand job open? <laughs> oh, man, Easy oh, clean man. Up. it's somebody oh, else's be like, glory. No, no, the sling ring could open up glory holes. Right, it would definitely be the cape. <laughs> it would definitely be the cape that would wipe up the mess too. When it- <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> it just kind of pats it dry. <laughs> That's like Doctor Strange Four is like civil war between him and his cape for having to be his jizz rag. <laughs> it does explain how it stands up by itself, right? Oh. <laughs> Boy. Riley Reed's going to get second billing in an MCU movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, real, uh, real quick. Did you guys catch like, you know, when when Doctor Strange's cape had the hole burnt into it from Wanda's magic? Did you guys catch how it got fixed? What's a, it was from the other oh, Strange's oh, cloak, the other, right? the other cape. Yeah. 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 It was uh, it was uh, Christine Palmer, the Illuminati version that that fixed it. America Chavez. Awesome. America Chavez said something. Jake, I remember watching the trailer and seeing that cape with like the blue patch on the back, and we thought it was like another version of Strange. Yeah, right. totally. 
we were like, oh, I think that's Defender Strange or something. And it's, no, that was our Strange. It was just like, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting to see that. Maybe it's, and it all goes back to other ways to sell toys, you know, so. Oh, totally, totally. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> All this right, one's guys. got a blue splotch on its cape. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> this one's with match. That would yeah, be sixteen ninety nine. That's a whole right there. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, when, Greg, when, Greg <laughs> starts, when Greg starts cutting out, we know it's time to end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, no, I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on this episode. Quentin, where can people find you, sir? <laughs> all right let's uh, joe where can people find you man <laughs> yeah you can find me on Startcast, my long form conversation podcast uh with uh vacation and everything going on this week no new episode this week but i will get a new one out next week and uh you can also find me on twitter at the tubby ninja i love joe apologizing for no new episode on our podcast he's like i'm not even putting it out on my podcast this week that we're not having a new episode so i'll just i I bet that venn diagram is pretty close between i know yeah i'm just saying like no it's like yeah that's what he's he's killing two birds with one stone here jake (laughs) it's like i'm not stupid i'm on pcl a lot of my listeners listen to this fucking this fucking piece of shit podcast that i'm on right now so i'll just get the word out (laughs) all right yeah quentin Hey, Muttley, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you can find me on The Real Zodiac, um, doing a podcast just on genres, turning them into, or I'm sorry, the Zodiac signs, turning them into, into genres. And uh, you, it's with my co-host, Beth, and you can find us anywhere you find podcasts, and we're on Twitter. And you can find me at ChadVader14. I was listening on my way to my second viewing of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I was listening to your episode about the Warriors, because I love that movie. Um, and uh, your guest, Adam, had a lot of knowledge about that movie. Oh, a lot, yeah. A lot of stuff that I, <laughs> I didn't know. And uh, as I'm listening to you guys talk about it i'm just like i cannot believe that quentin's never seen this movie before and then (laughs) and then your co-host beth who has watched a ton of movies i'm I'm always impressed by you know her uh, back catalog of movies that she's seen um she had never seen it before and then uh, and then you guys went on to just kind of like blow my mind uh, with uh, with some of the observations and some of the facts about the movie. So it was a fantastic episode, Quentin. I, I loved it. And it made me instantly want to watch The Warriors again. So thank you for that episode. It was really good. Oh, man, I really appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. Really. And, and I started your Wild Things episode, man. Oh, my Great. God. I was blown away. All three of you had never seen Wild Things. Like 19, oh, I know. 1998, I was fucking spraying my walls with cum after watching that movie. 100%. That seemed, to be, that seemed to be a very common occurrence for a lot of people in that movie. Or for that movie, I should say. Oh, my Probably God. I that movie, too. Hell. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, but I'm enjoying that. Janine's on that one. Janine Daling's on it, and I'm really enjoying that episode. So thank you, Quentin, for for uh, joining us on this one. Um, Dan, where can people find you? I'll give my last bit of voice here, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, I have a show called Heroes of Noise, and you can check us out uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, at iTunes and every place else. I usually sound a lot better than this. I apologize. My voice has been leaving me over the course of the show. But if you want to check us out, www.heroesofnoise.com. 
Fucking Dan. Dan is so unimpressed with this episode that his voice is dreamwalking into another <laughs> yeah. multiverse to get off this podcast. Sorry about that. Some other Dan is talking up a storm. Dan starts. <laughs> Dan starts hearing this fucking funky music playing behind him, and he's like, "Oh shit! There goes my voice. <laughs> there goes my voice." Um. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Greg. Oh no. I know. Greg, Greg, so, buddy. Uh, I'm hoping everyone can hear me, but if you can, um, I have a home improvement channel on YouTube called Amazing Home Projects with Handy Greg. And in my soon to be released episode, I'll be replacing my mother in law's mailbox. So enjoy. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to watch it. I love your channel, man. Funny shit. It's a lot of fun. Everybody should fucking subscribe. Subscribe now. Um, Philip, it's been a blast having you back on, dude. Yeah. You are I, like, I feel you are one of the most I, insightful I, people ever in my thank life. You. And I want to thank you real quick before you. I want to thank you for, I believe it was like early January. You posted a video of yourself and your fitness progress. Oh, yeah. And yeah, my. The, uh, uh, my trainer filmed that all throughout 2021, so that's like that's yeah. an entire year. It's like a it's a t- it's a time lapse of a year, and then you played the like some of the most inspirational fucking music I've ever heard. The Hans Zimmer score yeah. from Superman, Man, the Man of Steel movie, the Man of Steel behind yeah. it, and it shows your progress. And I watched that, and I was like, oh my god, Philip is fucking killing it in the gym. And I want to let yeah. you know that like that was one of the big things for me after the pandemic when the gym opened back up again to get my ass back in there and to fucking put some work in. And I want to thank you, man, because like uh, over the past four months since I've seen your video, I've really buckled down. And, uh, and oh. so and, and you're and I never told you this, but you're a big reason for me, um, you know, after the pandemic, not the pandemic's over, I think, but once gyms opened up again, you're one of the big inspirations to get me back in there and hitting it again because, um, you know, gyms closed. It was hard. And yeah. So. Uh, thank you so much. Um, while we're being transparent, um, I-, I do have to say that you are one of the inspirations getting me back into it as well. And um, I'm still, I mean, as pretty much as, as hard as I'm hitting it in the video, um, I'm still doing that about three to four times a week. Um, and, like, for all of you guys, especially you, Brian, like, you are the reason why I keep going. Like, whenever I am literally on the ground, which happens pretty much every time I go, like, my trainer works me into the ground and, like, you are the reason why I get up and why I keep going and like not just inspiring me to be the healthiest and fittest version of myself, but also just being the best, like not just physically, but overall, like the best version of myself. <laughs> so, um, I, I, no exaggeration. Um, you guys are with me every single time I go, like you are what, gets me out of the house um and it's what it's what keeps me going like it really can't be overstated how much pcl is a part of my life 
Dude, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. we, we love you, Philip, man. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, man. I love you, too. It, you, you, have, uh, you inspired me uh, in 2022, man, and that is no fucking lie, dude. I, I watched that video quite a few times, and I was just like, man, this guy is crushing it. This guy is Thank crushing you. it. And I was like, Brian, you need you were crushing it at one time. You need to get back in there yeah. and do it again. And you were kind of like that kick in the ass. And you didn't even know you did that, man. So I, I got to thank you, man. Yeah. I really, I really have thank to thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, yeah. Um, man, uh, this, has been, this has been a lot of fun, Jake. Oh, this was a great episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the next big movie, uh, Marvel movie, is uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. So I cannot wait to uh, can't wait. I, I also want to thank Connor, uh, Connor over at CRPRights dot com for uh, letting me go to the screening um, premiere uh, on uh, May second on Monday, getting to see this before uh, the main public, and that was that was pretty awesome, man, and. Uh, you ever want to invite me to another one i'd be happy to join if i can so thank you connor i had a blast but uh yeah jake until oh we're not we're not coming back next week we're uh taking a week off jake take it a break take it a break we're doing a kit kat man i don't (laughs) (laughs) there you go quentin there's your final dad joke of the evening oh great (laughs) (laughs) all right guys that great yeah, he's like, okay. All right, and until next week, uh, until two weeks, we're putting a lid on it. See Put ya. a lid on it. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. By the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That are original and good Have already been done before So we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap Even though we're the shit We're the leftovers Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it Good and taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushover Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's 
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers, sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.